best in, in, interviews on the planet. Mm -hmm. Mold um, on a sandwich? Just eat the fucking sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey everyone, this is Anthony with Interviews with Everyday People. We're sitting here with the band Adrenaline. Um, super excited for this one. Uh, so real, real fast, we'll get this, my stuff out of the way fat, real quick. Um, if you like what you hear and you want to help uh, this channel grow, we do have a PayPal link in the bottom. Uh, pay, uh, Patreon is what I'm hearing about. That's possibly coming soon if you're looking that route. But for now, if you want to make, if you want to help grow, or you, even if you like and don't like what you hear, and you want us to get better at what we do, you can always hit that PayPal up. Everything is uh, supported, and it, it, it's very, very <laughs> grateful if you do so. Um, also, Skookstock, two weeks, the twenty fourth. Well, yeah, twenty fourth. I don't know when this is gonna air, but August twenty fourth, because it'll probably air one week out from Skookstock. But go check it out. Uh, eight bands, six comedians. Um, one of my co-hosts on my other thing, he said you have. You have all that entertainment. He goes, if you break it down by thing, he goes, I think you're paying two bucks per band and by comic. He goes, for twenty five dollar ticket, you're getting yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of cool stuff. Uh, Crowbot album release party, Faith got a driver, and then eight awesome local bands that you can come support, as long with local comedians. Um, and then main reason we're here today is we're going to talk about um, Operation Bear Hug. Does anyone want to take that away? How did this How did this came about? This is her baby. Okay. And if you don't know this this amazing woman, her son was on our show not too long ago. Everyone's favorite, Billy. So yep. this is Billy's mom. Billy's mom. Yeah. Um, Introduce yourself quick. Actually, everyone, go around the room. I'm Mike. I play lead guitar. I'm Lee. I'm the bassist. I'm Carrie. I'm the drummer. Singer couldn't be here today. No, no. Or Magoo. Magoo's not here either. He's just, uh, Magoo's just too shy. Yeah. Maybe next time. Maybe next yeah. time. <laughs> All right, so I guess to, to start off and basically give um, why and what we're doing, um, this year we're, our benefit that we're hosting is Operation Bear Hug, if anybody is interested. Um, last year, to kind of start it off, uh, what I want to do every year is do a benefit to kind of help the smaller people whether it's a business or a charity organization, because um, we've done a lot of benefits to help the bigger things, um, whether it's ALS, Cancer Society, things like that. But there's a lot of local people that need help just as much as, um, you know, the other ones. So last year we had a benefit, which was really nice. Um, we did it to help out Ying Yang Music, which he had a program for others to learn how to play music so anything involving music or children is something that I have a strong feeling for mm -hmm. if it's you know involving the kids in music so we did the one for the music last year um, and at that one I was actually able to uh, get my all-girl band back together we didn't play in 20 years together which was awesome with Boo Boo Kitty and, um, it's a great name too yeah and it was just a, a great feeling to be on stage with the girls and not really get together with them before the show we practiced twice with the three of us and we basically went on the fly which was really awesome and they used skype with and the singer in california we tried to skype to practice with our singer oh wow it didn't work too well but it I'm all just gonna adjust real quick you can keep going sure just gonna... yeah i know i'm quiet and you're quiet and just, you're, I, I don't want you by the end of the <laughs> interview your, your back's gonna be killing you um Thank you. yeah so i mean it was really cool uh, you know we made made a couple bucks to add to the program that that John was running, it was really um, nice to give you know someone an instrument and a month worth of free lessons because music is something that we all 
kind of grow with or that's with us um, and we're really involved in. And if I didn't have music, I mean, I don't know about anybody else that's in it, but uh, I, I think I I'd be I lost. Can't, I can't imagine my I, life without it. Yeah, so, mm -hmm. I mean, that was um, the major reason why we did that one last year. Well, this year I thought, well, if we can make this an every year type of event and just pick something else different. Um, so one day I was just scrolling on Facebook when I have a chance because I don't have much time to do anything. I don't mean to, to, to interrupt, but um, that 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 lot benefit last year actually kind of kickstarted like a you know a breath of new life into Goodfellas too. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, bringing stuff back into Goodfellas and it, yeah, there wasn't much going on there for actually a couple years, um, and and we kind of like opened the doors for that, and then I we did a benefit after that for Dave Haslam with my dad. Um, I was helping him with running that and we did another one for another lady at Goodfellas um, I can't remember I can't remember name. there's so many shows yeah. that we've done yeah. but I mean it, you know to kickstart and, and keep the <clears throat> venues alive because there's not many places to play yeah. um, in the local scene so um, not to go too far off the track so that was the first one that we did um, this year because I wanted to keep it like I said involved with the local small trying to help out someone um, scrolling through Facebook one day, I uh, just came across a post that there was a lady looking for donations for stuffed animals to help um, grow their program for the Schuylkill Frontier Girls. Kind of like a Girl Scouts type of thing. Um, young girls uh, looking to help and get involved in the community in any way they can. And the post was looking for the collection of stuffed animals. And I kind of like just scrolled over it. Well, then I lost the post. And I was like sitting there the one day. I'm like, you know what? It would be really awesome if we could do something to help these girls. Mm -hmm. uh, they want to get more fire companies, emergency services involved in and growing with the communities together. Um, so basically what it is is they collect the stuffed animals. They keep them in the trucks. And then if there's obviously emergency situations, traumatic times with kids involved um you know stuffed animals kind of like the comfort yeah. to, to give to them um that was a big thing for police officers for a while there remember they yeah. would like pull you over and you're freaking out like what did i do wrong and you're like he'd walk up and like oh you have kids in the car and everyone's buckled in here's a teddy bear for the kids yep i remember mm -hmm. that yeah. yeah yeah i think it's a great thing because those kids that's something that kind of like embeds in their mind if something happens like that at least there's something kind of comforting and good for them yeah you know? only negative stuff makes it to the internet <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the media yeah. and the news that's why I, it's not it, that's I, that's what i tried to hear bring that positivity out yeah and I'm, I'm very big on pushing away the negative mm -hmm. in everything yeah. um whether it's everyday life or stress i mean i'm less negative. sorry <laughs> but i'm the village asshole so, <laughs> there i'm the first one to curse so uh yeah so finally i'm i kind of got back to the post did some research and found the lady who posted it um got in contact with her and said hey would you mind if we you know hosted a benefit and helped you guys out you know with whatever we can get you know whatever we put out there or whatever we get in is more than what we started with um, you know, I seen some of the things that the kids were doing and um, they were going to, you know, cemeteries and, and scrubbing and cleaning up like the old headstones, like the old, old ones or spending time at the nursing home with, you know, the residents and doing things with them and paint rocks and like they're always doing something to be involved with the community. So just a little token, you know, of appreciation for what they're doing because the kids, they're the ones that are going to be kind of running the show in a couple of years mm -hmm. and if they can't take care of each other or help others to stay positive to help 
others. I mean, there's not much. Yeah, and it gets them away from video games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with video games. It, it, we it, all play video games. Oh it's yeah, yeah. I, I I have my little uh, tangent on. Uh, I'll I'll usually play like you know for a month straight, and then I'll have I have my fix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, even if you look at society today in general with the younger kids, I remember being a kid here, two blocks away from here, from mm-hmm. your house, where the elderly lady next door, we were shoveling out her yeah. her sidewalk. Yeah, you don't see that anymore. It still happens a little bit in Frackville. I see, it, I see a, few, a little bit in Ashland. There's a few kids that walk around, they'll go around with lawnmowers and try to cut people's grass. And that's and, great. Yeah. But for a long time, it, it disappeared. Yeah. It, I think it's a, it's a taught thing, too. Um, and uh, this is a knock against, you know, parents, but a lot of parents, too, they're like, like the video, I don't, I, have a, I don't have an issue with video games, but if it's used as a crutch, it can definitely be a problem. Oh, yeah. Um, but it, 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 I mean, but it is a way of expressing themselves too. I know some kids are very, very shy, but you put them on a video game and they get on a headset and they make friends across the world that like they never would have met it before. And it gives them that comfortability to yeah. actually talk to people. Like there's, right. like I, I watched this one where they made, they said, okay, we're, we're going to make this uh, game. And it, it, to the kids, it was a video game. But what they actually did is they gave them a problem on how to make a vaccine to cure something. And it took doctors years and years and years and years to do this and problem solve and they gave it to an eight-year-old and made it into a video game and he cured it in three minutes nice yeah that Be- because incredible. the problem solving that these they, they learn from video games they like it, it could be it, it could benefit people as well so well, carrie yeah. knows like with billy billy was what six or seven when we started dating that was our icebreaker mm-hmm. between billy and i yeah you know because you know different guy coming to date his mom and Mm -hmm. that was the icebreaker between us you know and that was that was like a special little thing when i come over and we play some games and i bet you scared the hell out of him i probably did i mean (laughs) look at this mug i mean i'd scare the shit out of anybody but but they're like my youngest son now we got him playing hello neighbor Oh, okay. You have to remember what you were doing. Memorization skills, yeah. And he and it scares the shit out of you. Yes, and <laughs> he's a whiz at it. Yeah. I mean, I wanted him to get that that brain moving a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. And so here's that a, worked out. Here's a crazy thing: um, I was born with a lazy eye, really, really bad lazy eye. And the doctor's like, "You're going to be in glass your whole life." Like I was cross-eyed. Like that's how bad it was. And every year I'd go to the doctor, and every year he's like. I don't know what's ha- happening here, but like you're growing out of your glasses, and it's definitely not the gra- glasses that are fixing your eye. And he didn't know what was going on, didn't? And he goes, and it was, I think I was like seven. He goes, by the time you're 13, you won't need glasses anymore. And he kept doing more research. He goes, I have a question. What do you do? And you're like, he goes, I know you play sports at the time. I was a big soccer player. I said, I, I play video games a lot. And he goes, that's exactly what it is. He goes, he goes, there's research being done now that people say like, oh, you sit too close to the TV, it's gonna ruin your eyes. And he goes. The video games, where people find out like what lazy eyes or bad eye problems, it actually strengthens the muscles in your eyes and actually can be a corrective source oh, to actually make it better. For focusing. Yeah, yeah. So That's I don't, cool. I don't need, I don't even, I don't like. I used to wear them all the time. I had the big, thick frame. I always had the worst glasses of all time because I used to break them. Bottle. I used to break them all the time. So my parents were like, we're not getting you nice ones anymore. Like Man. you're getting the worst ones ever. Thank um, God for high densities because these things would be about an inch thick. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I had all the worst ones, and then uh, as I grew up, just got out of it because of the video games. So yeah. But the cool thing about what you're trying to do too is is something very similar that I'm trying to do as well. Um, I'm trying to build an audience, and every now and then I'll sneak a post out there about it, but I try not to flood people too much. But 
I, I'm very, very fortunate. I'm very thankful that I mean, one of my pages, the interview one, has. I'm almost at 1,800, like well, I'm at about 1,800 people on Facebook, and I'm closing in on 19, which is crazy because I've only started this since last November. I'm not. I'm just creeping up on a year, and I always tell people like I feel like, and maybe this is if you look politics, this is a socialism thing, or I don't know how you would look at it, but like I'm very keen on like if everyone just works to help out their neighbor and not so much trying to change the world we will you can change the world by working on your your immediate first and if everyone kind of has yeah yeah, baby steps so i I look at this way like say if someone says you know we had a really bad fire and someone a family lost everything they had and my page because everyone's on facebook if and my page has 1800 people and i put something there hey here's a paypal to help this family and 1800 people can do a dollar that that's a difference. Right. That's a Big, huge difference. Very and, and that uh, eighteen hundred bucks goes a long way. Now imagine, <laughs> and, and a dollar's super realistic. But realistically, the average person on a Friday night in this area will go to a bar and throw away forty bucks. Yep. So if you could take half of that and do ten or twenty, and and eighteen hundred people are willing to do a ten dollar donation, we can make huge differences in our community. Definitely. And if you want, like, hey, we want to change this building or we want to put a business in, like. You, you people have said like oh we used to have this this and this and this well maybe shy away from the online shopping a little bit and go check out your local stores and give your business there like instead of going to, um, not a bash of Dunkin Donuts but instead of going to Dunkin Donuts and getting your coffee go check out Press Coffee in Pottsville yes. go check out Sage go check out like help out your well, local I'm, first I'm and pot yeah I, I, so I, I went we went to York Pennsylvania was, no not York where the hell were we I went. My, I think it was somewhere in Maryland. I, for, I, I now I'm forgetting where we were, but I just remember we walked through the downtown, and it was very similar to Pottsville. It was like a very similar structure. The town was immaculate, super clean. The, like people cared about this downtown section. Yeah. And every single corner, every single window had a, a little hashtag support local, and that's just what these people did. Are you like, talking about Berlin? It might have been. I'm not sure. Right outside of Ocean City, Maryland. It was. It's Berlin. We yeah. were there last nice. year. It's a little bit throwback yeah. to uh, an, a setback time. Uh, we went there last year for the first time, mm-hmm. and let me tell you something. That was nice. Mm-hmm. To get away from the hustle and bustle and just relax. We She went into a uh, homemade gourmet coffee shop. Mm-hmm. They had a nice little toy store for the little man. I ate. Yeah, and everything was support local. <laughs> Like Absolutely. They, they could have left the town and went to a Walmart or, or a mall, but they that community has really built itself up and saying, you know, instead of going here, let's help out this person. Right. And I think uh, that can happen anywhere. Just you got to put the mindset out there for people to do it. So that's like I can't. I'm not a musician. I can't go up and shred guitar or drums and bass. <laughs> but I, if people like what I do with this podcast and they're enough to support me and support what I my visions are, maybe I'm fortunate enough one day if I get big enough that I can do the same thing where I could say, hey. You know, here's here's a thing that's going on. If everyone donates a dollar or two dollars, we can make a difference. So that's 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 a goal I have. Um, we actually had something very similar. So um, uh, I'm gonna say it wrong again. I think about it. So there's back in black dog rescue, back in black black dog rescue or something. I was calling it black dog because they're both two rock songs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's back in black dog rescue, and what they do is they'll find these dogs from other states. Yeah. that need forever homes or need surgery or need something going on and then they find people in our area 
who will let the dog live there for a couple months until they find their forever home so it's not staying in a shelter. Yeah. Almost like um, a foster care. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to do it. If you are strong enough as a person to bring an animal in your house for six months and not say, oh, this is living here now, you are the greatest person on the planet because I, I would have 14 dogs. I actually have a friend that does that in Reading. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I, I would be a blubbering baby if I had to drive a dog that lived with me for six months across to somebody else and be like, here, take this. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd be like, oh, I don't want to do it. I'd be the same part of the family. Yeah, 100%. You know? <clears throat> um, but one of the dogs on there... Need it had really really bad cherry eye. It was a little chihuahua. I saw that post, and it was to the point where it couldn't see anymore. Yeah. They were that engulfed around the eyes, and all it needed was one hundred fifty dollars for the surgery. And I put it, I put it out there, and I said, "Here's twenty bucks towards it." And then the the one lady I work with, she did forty, and then somebody else, like people on the page, donated to it. I'm like, it was like our first major accomplishment towards the page, and then the pe- their people's people like donated, it, so they got probably more than they even needed for the surgery, which I was like. Yes, like it's working. <laughs> you know what I mean. So, that's yeah. It's I'm, I definitely feel you when it comes to lo- helping local. You know, it, it is great to do cancer research. It's great to do ALS research. Mm-hmm. But there's people in our area that can use the same. Like when you put it to a major cancer society, it all doesn't go. You don't know where it's going. Yeah, you don't know where it's going. It's, but if, it's, a, it's the same, the same with um, like veterans and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it can. It just goes into so many different avenues, and we do live in a society where like. Remember when the United Way got busted, just yep. pocketing everyone's money, and you're yeah. like, man, like, you think you're doing something good, and it's it's not even being used for the right things. That's yep. try to help your backyard a little bit first. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's um, that's pretty much where you know where I stand with this, and and not to go on the negative side of it, <clears throat> but I've um, but we put the benefit together for <laughs> August 31st. Um, doors will open at 8 p.m. Donation is a standard size new stuffed animal or five dollars if any money is collected that money will go to purchase the stuffed animals to also be donated um i have it out on facebook we've all shared it um lynn mcgovern who's you know pretty much our side Um, lady mm -hmm. um that helps out with a lot of doing our flyers our scheduling and everything um she's a dead mother yeah she um (laughs) she went along with me you know to help me get a lot of this stuff going for the benefit. Um, we did put boxes together. I, I looked for donations for boxes. And that's the other thing, like you're pushing it out there, um, constantly posting. You know, you can only do so much on Facebook. We put flyers up for the PR, you know, you want to do your marketing and everything like that. But it's having those other small businesses step in. Um, and unfortunately, you know, we've been pushing this for a couple months now and we only have four boxes out, um, which isn't, you know, the goal I want it to get to, but it's four more than what we had. Mm-hmm. Um, have, you, have you tried the Pottsville Library? I don't have a lot of contacts. I've been yeah. trying to contact so everyone in between. This is just something I've recently learned um, from going to Culture to Culture in Pottsville. That'd be probably a cool thing to try, too, yeah. Culture to Culture. Um, culture to Culture had a night where they brought the, the lady who's pretty much in charge of the events in the Pottsville um uh, library and what she does is she's like she's very like-minded like us with the same thing and she's actively trying to find people that can do things and if there's a project that they can't handle but somebody else is handling it better she's just trying to make that central hub where you can go in and try to do something similar to this <coughs> and she's trying to bring awareness to it as well mm-hmm. i didn't even know that was a resource yeah um it's, it's hard because you know i've reached out a lot to the lot of small businesses in mm-hmm. our area like hey would you mind putting a donation box out 
either no response or, you know, thanks for the information. That's not really helping what I'm trying to do. <laughs> um, you know, even our our media, like, you know, our radio station oh, and, and, our, and our newspaper, <laughs> you know, hey, I'm not asking for any money. I'm not asking, but hey, can you throw a shout out or, you know, can you do anything to help us? You know, you know, so you get a thanks and it's like, well, I, that's I not where I want to go. I contacted, uh, we'll just say a local radio station <laughs> and uh, they, they have a face, they have two Facebook yes, pages you can message. They have four emails that you can contact every person that works there. I've sent emails to every single one of them. I contacted both their Facebook pages. But here's the thing with the Facebook pages. Facebook snitches on you. So I know if you read it. Yep, you can <laughs> yep. see it. And they don't respond to it. I've had a lot of that. Even um, with trying to get other emergency you know, volunteer companies involved with the fire companies, I've met, private messaged a lot of them and you can see that they seen the post mm -hmm. and this isn't to be negative this is just to put it out there but no, for absolutely. me thinking like hey if these smaller businesses will um you know take a donation box and that person's not going to just come in there and put a stuffed animal and like you said if it's a coffee shop oh well i'm in here now i'm gonna you know, i'm gonna try out their coffee or i'm gonna you know try whatever they have here mm -hmm. and that's gonna bring more business into your business by and it's just free helping to put you know, a box in your business. So yeah. We do have four boxes out, um, you know, for the for those who either work at these places or, you know, know somebody that worked there, you know, don't Can be we give afraid. The places like a shout don't out? be afraid to uh, you know, donate or give to someone that, that is there. Um, so the four places that we do have at this time um, is Hydro down in Cursona, which is you know, was Sapa. So we mm -hmm. have our guitar player a works at. Place at. Yep. Um, we have one at the STI in Frackville, which, which is our the, singer works at. Um, I have one at my workplace in the lunchroom, which is Hidden River Credit Union. And um, we also have one, which is the only jump on it that I got when I did put it out there and is the place where I actually go to get my hair done. And the girl that does my hair, Jen, over at um, Shea Pagata's in Minersville at the King's Plaza. She goes, I definitely want a box. Thank and you, Jen. Said, Thank you, Jen. What's Jen's last name? Um, Jen. Oh, my God, Jen. I'm sorry. I forget your last name right now. Um, not challenge. Is, that, is it not Challenger, right? No. No. Okay. I'm I just having a mental I didn't know where Jen. Right I didn't know where right Jen worked. I know she's a hairstylist as well. Jen Stefano. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's yes. not very easy to remember, so that's even great. But Chris Bishop's um, woman used to work there. I don't know if she's Kira. still there yeah. part-time, yep. but yeah. A lot of great people over there. Um, so we do have four boxes out there. Also, you know, the night of the event will... Bring we'll them to the night of the event. You know, if... if, if <clears throat> that's the thing, too. Uh, and that's that's a huge thing I, I can definitely speak on is, yeah, like a lot of times, you know, my, my goal is, like I said, I'm trying to put myself over more than anything else. Uh, not myself. I'm trying to put others over more than myself. And there's, there's so many things out there, but it, it does take community. If you want people to support your local business, the best way to market yourself is put yourself out there and help work with other people. Yeah. Like... It's if I would have started this podcast and just said I'm going to sit at my table and talk to myself for, for since November, I'd probably have 13 listeners. You know, what I mean, I'll probably have more than that because I'm a, I'm a I'm a workaholic and I'll put, I'll promote the hell out of myself. But having people on and bringing people in and opening the doors to your community is what's helped me grow. And and the more we do that, you bring other <clears> attention <throat> to different platforms. And that's it, it's I think lo more local businesses need to do that. You know. And as a local band too, I mean, we love to play. We we have to love what we do to do it. Yeah. I mean, if you make a couple, couple bucks, it's nice to make a couple bucks. That's great. But when you can put yourself out there to try to help someone else out, you're not only helping out yourself, you're helping out other people, and then others see that. 
-hmm. you know, and may want you to be involved in other things. So we've been involved in a lot of things, um, and a lot of doors are opening for us now, which is really nice. Um, but with some of the other bands that we have that jumped on board with us, um, which I do have, uh, Billy Trey, my son, He's going to do, do a set with he us. He really loves that shirt. He does. And he wears it well. And <laughs> All the time. I think he has it on today, actually. Again? He does. Um, yeah, um, we have Rude Groove. Um, we actually, Danny and Jim were a part of Adrenaline at one time. For many years. For many years. Um, Skin and Bones from up north. Dirty um, rock and roll, baby. Yeah, awesome, awesome guys, awesome bands. I mean, these guys they, are they, all They do all the nationals up, up there. They, they, they play like Sherman Theater and stuff like that. Nice. They're Sherman, really good. Sherman Theater is a blast. Yeah, so and cool. they, they open for Night Ranger there. Uh, who else did they open I for? I just miss Steel Panther up there. I just oh, miss yeah. them. I'm so bummed. And they, Oklahoma and, girl. And Skin and Bones, they're also another band that gets involved in their community because yep. they just did a benefit. Um, what was it called? Was it Swine Fest? Was it Swine Fest? I believe so. They do it at the like one guy's that was house. A benefit. Oh, wow. I, I didn't know that was a benefit. Yes. They do and that, and they, um, I read where they collected a lot of, like, um, cat, dog food and stuff like that. I, yep. I just read an article For the local on that. Shelters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Faith, uh, just if, you know, it's a positive thing I'll put out there as well. Uh, they don't have a date set yet, but uh, possibly in two or three months, the boys from Faith in Exile are going to try to do a show at Strikers um, to benefit the local animal shelters. So, uh, Andy, Andy, a lot of like, I don't know if he's comfortable with me putting it out there, but I, I'm going to because I think it's a good thing. Um, Andy actually is paying for the sponsorship spot at Skookstock for the, the SBCA to be there so they get exposure. So, he, like, he's really passionate about the local animal shelters. They do a lot of cool stuff. But I, don't, yeah. I don't stalk or anything, but I, well, we're all, yeah. Yeah, all friends on Facebook, mm -hmm. but I, I do get a kick out of, like, looking at, like, because I guess they're big into fostering the animals mm -hmm. him and his woman and you know i like seeing that that people yeah. are out there to take care of what you know she had rabbits on there she has dogs she has cat like tons and it's like oh, if, she's you an can, angel. if you can do it yeah. you know go for it i think that's awesome if she would like to take two more cats <laughs> because they destroyed my fucking house <laughs> i do we have a cuss jar yeah <laughs> I, uh, i'll be broke by the end of this one i should do that put a curse jar and that can go towards equipment i would have there you man, go i would have that'd be better than your gofundme page yeah <laughs> i would be i'd be putting more money than anybody though I'd be broke. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I didn't count all the times. Or the you Billy can call your GoFundMe so. page the cuss jar. Yeah, the cuss jar, yeah. yeah. Every time that you hear a curse that offends you, you put yeah, a dollar that in. That person has to put a dollar in your GoFundMe. <laughs> That's a great idea. The cuss jar. I like that. Give me a pound. I like it a lot. I like that. <laughs> but yeah, so August 34th, yeah. August 31st, uh, it's a 21 and over event. Doors are going to open at 8 p.m. at Goodfellas Warehouse. Um, like she said, Adrenaline, uh, Skin and Bones. What's this one called? Rude Groove. Rude Groove. Was it? Rude, Rude Groove. Groove. Okay. And, and, and our buddy Billy <clears throat> is going to open the show with his beautiful acoustics, probably, right? Acoustic show? And comedy act. And a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm a huge... I like... So I, I gave a lot of stickers away. I put a lot of money into different stickers. And uh, it's really cool every time he does a little video on Facebook of him playing his guitar. Like right there. Right there on the camera. Interviews with everyday people. So I love that plug every time. I always make a joke like, what's that shitty podcast sticker you have on there? <laughs> you should actually come out to the event and like, have, like put up a table for yourself and stuff. You know? I don't have anything really to sell, but I'll definitely come oh, out yeah, and hang just, out. Just yeah. get yourself exposure. And yeah, stuff, yeah, 100%. Just come on out. I just walk around you're, with the shirt on. You're you're more than welcome to. I hate doing that. I I know I feel so weird. You should walk around and do interviews because you yeah, know. There you go. Yeah. Here's we the thing. That's that's my goal with my equipment. My next so like 
Are you a Marvel fan? Like the yeah, Marvel movies? a little bit. So you know how they call like Phase One, Phase Two, Phase mm-hmm. Three. Like this is Phase One mm-hmm. of our podcast. Like Phase Two, I'm getting like you're musicians. So you probably you know the Zoom Eight Sixes. It's yeah. like a little tiny, and you could play. It's all XLR, and you could put microphones. So I found one on Amazon. It's a couple. It's expensive, but it comes with four lapel mics. Yeah, and I can literally just hold it in my hand and literally walk up to somebody in any environment because it's a lapel. It's only going to pick up what's in front of them. So if I'm in a loud environment, I can literally just walk, walk up, clip it on something like, "Hey, do you want to go talk for 15 minutes?" And we can go somewhere and do like uh, an interview on the yeah. spot. So like that's my next stage is to like when I'm out with places, people are like, "Hey, you got five minutes? I can talk to you about something." And I can that could be the roving reporter on the benefit. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm trying. <laughs> you to. know, when we all get together. Mm-hmm. We start drinking. We might have to pay you gets, for backstage though. Get yeah. a little. It gets a little crazy. I'm not, I, sitting, I mean, I'm not sitting on those couches. Those <laughs> I, heard, I heard horror stories. <laughs> it gets a little crazy. And another good thing about about these types of shows too is like a good it's a good way like because a lot a lot of we don't get um, a chance like to see a lot of other bands because of our schedule too. Mm-hmm. It's like this is a good way like for us to all to get together and. You know, see each other. You know, play. Yeah, you know? that's the big thing with Skookzak too. A lot of people are like, "What are you excited about?" Like, I've never seen this band, and I can't wait to see them because I've heard good things. Like, one of the bands on our set list is uh, Japan Four, mm-hmm. and they were locked into the uh, the Triple uh, Billy Eddie, thing. Eddie, Eddie was in. Yeah, yeah. and 4. a lot of people like I personally didn't know how awesome Japan Four was until their last three shows, and I was yeah. like, "Oh my god, why did I take so long?" Like, so I seen them right before Eddie left, where Eddie was front man. And I was like, "Holy shit, Eddie's an awesome front man," because I know he's great at everything else. And then I seen them with Mike Danger, tw- and twice with Mike Danger, and I was like, "This is they're like they're super high energy. They're crazy. Like yeah. that's a fun band." So there's a lot. Of, I like, miss Mike Danger. He's back in New York, isn't he? he well, he's actually going to be out here for. Oh, he is? So oh, he's cool. he's really doing a lot. I'm with buying the, my uh, ticket then just to see Mike Danger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that dude to death, man. And he, he's really taking it seriously with his his videos and photography Good. and stuff. He's really, I mean, his video, he did a crowbot video. How yeah. awesome was that? Like, oh, he did, he did both of them, didn't he? Just didn't the one. Just the one? The newest one was done by somebody else. Oh, okay. Yeah. But oh, that's the, the thing. The, the, the hell with it. We'll just say it's done by Mike Danger. Yeah, that's, a, that's the thing he's doing, though. He's like, <laughs> if, other, if there's people in the area that are like bands and they want to do like a promotional video or even just like something they could put on their face, like he's, he's he, he puts the services out there for people to hire him to do that. Like the big thing on Facebook is, I don't know how to do it, but you know your banner on mm-hmm. Facebook? You can make that at a video. Yeah, right. And like he's he helps bands with that. Like I, I'll come to one of your things and record the audio and get some cool shots and put yeah. together a little 30 second montage of your band. Yeah. So like if anyone's looking for anything, Mike Danger, he'll, he'll, he'll come back home to do some work. And yeah. And if you pay him, that he gets to come see all of his friends too. So that's do, do that. <laughs> I like when he's back. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's he'll be at Skookstock. He'll be doing some photography and video work. Okay. Yeah. It's gonna be fun, man. That's that's. I just lo- I love these local events, man. There's so many good ones going on. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this is this is gonna, this is the, the right after Skookstock, so definitely we'll, we'll uh, I'll put it out there too. Uh, did you get? Did you need this one? Nope. You got that. that one. I'll put this on our on our thing at the stage too. I'll talk about it there. Very awesome. cool. Very cool. cool. You know, this falls on the same exact day as last year's. Does it? It does. Yeah. Yeah. We, it was. That August is weird. 31st. That is and weird. I remember it being a freaking steam bath. See, I thought it was September 2nd. No, nope, it was 31st. I beg to differ, but... Well, no, I it, it was differ. in September. It was September, because it was a September to remember was the name of it. That's right. September okay, 2nd, I'm the one I that, win. She nailed it. That's right. Listen. But And talking about all this, too, I want to throw a shout-out there to uh, Rob Hampton, because he's been a really big help with us with a lot of things. Um, Same. Thank internally, you, Rob. I've, I've known, internally I've with known the Rob business. for, like... 
ever. Yeah, yeah. we've all we've all been around for years, but um, you know the business end of it. He's really uh, been a one on one, you know, hands with me with that, and that's it's great to have somebody to I, so to I, ask I would agree. questions yeah. with. With um, show, like every every show that he plays, he always, you know, he he plugs he's us. He's been helping us mm-hmm. a lot. Same here. He he made he with the Skook Sock. I was like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I've never done this. And he's like, I'll I'll give you some pointers here and there. You know, I'm not gonna let you sink. Like he's a super helpful dude. Definitely yeah. with our website. I mean everything. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. always reached out. You know, and if there's anything I can help with, you know, with him, I always do the same thing. Whether it's banking or anything. Like if I can lend a hand to hand, you know, help someone out. And he's a guy who's not originally from our area. Who's literally who he, he himself was trying to revamp the music yep. scene. Yeah, right. definitely. Yeah, and it, it, it's it, it's getting there too. Yeah, it, it's really getting. There. We just need we need venues to yeah. take it as seriously as the bands are. I, I really think we need an all age venue. Yeah, somewhere. Yep. I think actually there was one in Tamaqua. I think. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is, is, and this is not a bash or a knock at the the, the crowd, but the Possible people need to realize there's other towns besides Possible, and if something's going on outside your city, you should probably support it as well. Yeah. Because people travel to your city to support your big events. Mm-hmm. It's time for the people to start branching out a little bit. Yeah. Consider yourself United States and the other the rest of us are third world countries, um, and you have you have the people, the power, and the funds to do it. You should probably help out the rest of County as well. Yeah. Yeah. And we should all support local 100%. live music. If there's a band playing in your area in Monty City, go support it. Yeah. I mean, and if if your if your favorite band isn't isn't in the area that night, go see. Go see another band. Yeah, you know, just check it out. You know, you 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 might be missing something that you'll dig. You know. Yeah, I there's... think the biggest problem right now, and watch Mike Pucker on this one. These club owners <laughs> and managers need to start promoting shows. Yep. Because you cannot ask us to do one hundred percent. It's a 50-50 road here. Yeah, that's my thing, too. Is Another thing that bothers me and the reason why I wanted Skook Sock to maybe give some bands to support, I, I, I don't understand how a bar owner will be like, hey, I don't advertise anything in my bar Monday through Sunday. Um, I'm going to put a band in here on a Saturday night. I'm not going to spend a dime or do anything to promote it, but when the band shows up, I'm going to give them 150 bucks, which isn't even going to cover the bands to gas to get there, to set up all their stuff, and probably the money they're going to put into advertising it on their own. Yeah. So, like, at the end of the day, like, if you're a bar owner, you would have just had so many, like, the band's going to bring people into your bar. And I understand, you know, it's a business and you got to make money. But even if you put a cover at the door of two or three bucks, like, I know some band, some bars will say, well, you know, we'll take 25% of the door and then you guys get the rest. Give the band the door. Because the people are in there to see that band anyway. Like, bands are just getting ripped off left and right when it goes to certain bars. And like you said, they're not promoting. No. They don't promote. Or or they don't take care of their venue. So people come to see your, like, if, I don't care if you don't clean your whole bar the whole week. But if you're going to have people there on a Saturday, you should probably fix it up a little bit. Because people will be like, yo, this is a really nice place. I came to see this band. The bar was really nice. They were really supportive. Like, and We've already went through that point where, you know, not mentioning any names, but we, we have already, you know, put it up put our time out there to clean tables and chairs and make sure things look nice for an you know never again i and i I have no problem doing that like if hey i don't have time to do this you know we don't have i don't have a problem stepping in if it's gonna help there was a venue venue there's a venue i I was i'm very very i have a very set like and i i don't i have i didn't even grow up in this venue i don't i didn't experience the big big shows in this venue 
But there's a venue in this area that I feel is a is, a, is now a gold mine. It, it, it's always been and it always will be. Um, very the owner's a nice guy, you know, but I don't feel he's taking his venue as seriously as he does. And if I feel if he just put a little bit of effort into it and fixed some things up and made it presentable, that could be a, a cash cow. Yep. And, and and every every person in the area wants to play that venue, but when the people come and they're like. Man, this is this like like they say. Oh, maybe there's something new here because b- bands are showing up again. And they walk through the front door and they go, "Same as it." Oh, was. it's the same exact place. And uh, oh, how much for a beer? What? I can go to this bar and get the same like I can walk 13 steps and get the same beer for the th- a couple dollars cheaper. So like they just they it, it's a bad taste in their mouth and it sucks because that's such a good <clears throat> it's a good thing. It's a it's it, there's not like since Trippin's no longer there. That's you lost the venue there. Woody's can't really do bands because they get sound ordinances all the time. Like, oh, we know that. Yeah. We know that for a fact. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, but Woody's was a fun place to play. But it's, it, 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 it's tight. You, you can't get as many people. I'll tell you in. What, I, I, when, when we played Woody's, I went in there with like the, the tiniest little practice amp, <laughs> yep. and the cops still came. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. The only other place that I think that could rival or be a big venue, and I, I, I is. Is um, what's that little ambits on top of the hill in Pottsville? Ambits. Yeah, yeah, that would the ambits. Yeah, would they have the drag shows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could that that could do well for bars. Um, the uh, the stadium with the big balcony. They, he won't do bands no more. Uh, you talking to one on Peacock Street there? Yeah, across from Woody's. Uh, yeah, up the street. He bar. won't do bands no more. I tried talking him into doing one show there. He's he's had it. Yeah, I mean, you got to take in consideration where where we came from in the late 90s early 2000s every place four or five hundred people you had the brass tap you had the stadium there was bands everywhere every bar every weekend and now the plaza is a bank you had the plaza (laughs) you had pine lanes strikers is good but you can only put so many people in there too it's it's Uh, we've gone over that yeah yeah (laughs) and i'll put you it since i've been really really passionate going the music scene and going to see bands probably every weekend for the past I, maybe not five years because three of those years I pretty much lived with the boys upstairs. Um, yeah. But the like, I, I never—I don't think I ever went to a band and, and had a fight break out or anything really crazy. I mean, it's toned down a lot. Yeah. I mean, from what it used to be. I mean, I can tell you a story that happened in the late '90s, early 2000s. It was actually the original Drellin, and we had a riot break out. Really? In the stadium on Peacock Street where they told us to stop playing. Wow. Because at that time, we were like, we were an aggressive band back then. Was it a riot or was it like a pit opened up? It looked like a battle royal. Really? Yeah. It was awesome. But Ding, ding, ding. But I didn't want to see nobody get hurt. Yeah, but the whole thing was, he wanted us to tone down our set, and we didn't know how to. Yeah. We ripped into Pantera and just all chaos broke loose. But back, you know, back then, I mean, that's how most of the places are they played. There, It was like a pit. Like, everybody was up in front of the stage. Like, yeah, I, having a good time. And you don't see that, no. no. Well, you, you see it some, it, like, it's... The you, reason you, why, Mike, is nobody had these back then. Yeah. The, 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 only, the only way I, I like people using their cell phones is, like, texting their friends to get their asses over to the bar. That's, that's what I... I take... I'll open it and take maybe a 30-second video just to be like, hey, yeah. here's where I am, come here. Or I take a couple pictures of the band and I say, hey, this is where I was this weekend. And I usually say, I went to see this band and tag it on their social media. And, and that's completely yeah. fine. We, lo- we love we love seeing that, too. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah, I, I, that's my thing. Is 
maybe the one venue I don't try to get as close as I used to anymore because if you get super close, you can't hear anything because <laughs> it's mm. the way the sound's set up. But yeah, uh, yeah. So I try to say sometimes I stay a little further back just so I can hear. Um, but yeah, I, I love it, man. The music scene is is as bi- big now as it ever was. There's so many talented bands in our area in Pottsville area. And it, like like I said, it's getting there, but it yeah. used to be huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it was every weekend, no matter. There could be ten bands playing in Pottsville, for example. Yeah. Each place had over three hundred people in them. Yeah. And you this know, is on one night. It's crazy though that people go people go absolutely bananas for a block party. They're like, oh, I can't wait for block party season because we can go see the bands. You can go see those same bands every yeah. weekend. You know what though? It's dying. Yeah. We just we just noticed this. Over the weekend. Over the weekend and a prior weekend, and I stood there in amazement going, I remember coming here a couple of years ago with my son when he was like two, mm-hmm. and it was packed. There was people everywhere. Everybody was having a good time, and this one, there was, what, 100 people? Wow. I was talking I'm, to like, a um, mutual musician friend that had to, you know, the, the, he played a block party, and this, I just stood there. Yeah. You know? Like you said, it's it's going downhill. I mean, just what we were talking about with the community and, and helping each other out. A lot of people aren't volunteering anymore for the right. you know for the fire companies, and and there's not many to help run the block parties. Yep. So you know everything's going going downhill, and that it's a shame because then like your kids don't <clears throat> get to experience the things that you got to do when mm-hmm. you were younger. That that's that's how younger people like you know. Like they go out and see the block parties, they see the bands. It's like, oh, I can't wait till I'm 21 until I can go out to the bar and see the bands. That's how I was. Yeah. Well, I went to the bars. <laughs> um, so but bring it, I. but bring it, bring it, bring it back to the plaza days. Um, well, for the first time I saw it was a bank. I, you know, like I almost cried like a little girl. I was like, man, I used to sneak in there when I was 15 to see Harpo. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to. My parents would be bowling. I hear the music, and I'd yeah. go in and act like I was ordering food, and I'd be like, I'd be peeking, and I would sneak in a little bit, like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I just want to see the music." They're like, "Get out of here." Mike actually stuck me in a bar before I was 21. I think I was still in high school yet yeah. when you played was, with Cold Jim. Yeah, I was um, a band I was in at the time. We were opening for Cold Jim before I was in. Oh, that was before. Yeah, and um, he was he was actually in the mall. Get and, me in. <laughs> he got me in. I was hook, line, and sinker then. Yeah, yeah. I, I just slapped the pass on him. What uh, what what inspired you guys to pick up your instruments? Kiss. Kiss. <laughs> Favorite Kiss song. Got to choose off of Hotter Than Hell. I have, I have two Kiss songs. I like Stutter a lot. Or Strutter. Strutter. Yeah. And I like Hell's on Fire. Heaven's on Fire. Heaven's on Fire. Heaven's on Fire. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I, I like that song. Um, uh, and I'll I'll be hearing hearing that that that's well we'll all be hearing that we'll song all be hearing ne- ne- next Wednesday oh, yeah, uh, down at Hershey. Yep. Uh, they're playing Hershey. Yeah, yep. well, Kisses in Hershey. Yep. We, we've been taking my little man with us. Wow, I'm actually going to be in. <laughs> I won't be seeing Kiss, um, but I will be at a concert on Sunday at Hershey. I'm I'm going to go see the Backstreet Boys with my wife. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Yeah, as as long as you're going to support music. You yeah, know? here's the whole thing. I owe her big time. See, I, I owe this one yeah. big time too because she really didn't want to go see Kiss. So really? 
Uh, I kind of own one, so yeah. As long as it's not Green Day, I'm you don't like Green Day? I hate them. I, I've been, I've been, Green I've been, I was like, come on, we got to do. Some I want to throw Day. up every all, time all I the, hear them. You know, oh. the, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I don't belittle anybody for liking. I just personally don't the care. The pop for punk them. stuff is going over like crazy right now. Mm-hmm. I want emo music to come back in the worst way. <laughs> the sad I, white boy music. I love oh, it. I, I, I love AFI. Yeah. Love AFI. They're actually touring with uh, Smashing Pumpkins right now. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. There's, I, I, I've got to go see more bands, but the problem is I just I, I spread myself too thin. But uh, I wanted to see Blink. I wasn't able to see Blink. Um, but I, like I said, I drugged my wife to four Steel Panther shows. Nice. Three Steel Panther shows. And then she she took me. We then I I I owe her three. So I the first one we went to go see Kesha and Malcolmore. I love Kesha. I didn't think I didn't like her. So I um, hear well, I hear I, Kesha. I I, I, I I had a crush on her. Yeah, I still do. Actually. Oh, she's gorgeous. <laughs> oh um, yeah. But uh, Kesha on the radio is that uh, a really really whiny voice, yeah. and I'm just like I can't listen to that. I, I can I can look past it. Right. So <laughs> so I was just every time so everything she played of Kesha. Was just that whiny voice in every song, and I was like, "I this can look is past it." Be... Said, said the only single man in the room. Yeah, I said, this <laughs> is going to be a nightmare. And I said, "But I really like Malcolm Moore because he's like, I like his like he's a very positive rapper, and there's not many people out there like that that do it. A lot of people like don't like Mal- like the rap community doesn't like him. I think because he is positive, like he's like talks about drug addiction and how he overcame it, and just he has very uplifting songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so we I don't to... know who that is. He did the song Thrift Shop. I'm going to pop some. Oh, that guy? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I've heard that one. I've heard the name. Yeah, he's really good. He had a song um, that was all about, like, the gay marriage, like, like how his uncle was gay and how he, you know, like, he just trying to change the, the, the culture of people, like, mm-hmm. using gay or fag and cause, as a derogatory term or stuff like that. It was a really good song. Um, but he did a song with Kesha, and they were on tour because they did the single together yeah. and they were, they were working. So Kesha comes out first. And uh, she starts. Her band starts playing. Which, here's my thing: if you're a pop person, record your music with a band. It sounds so much better. Yeah. It sounds like the same song I heard in the radio that I didn't really like because with her whiny voice and because it was done with a beat machine. I heard live on stage with an actual band. It sounds so much better. It was amazing, and her voice is fucking phenomenal. So whoever's idea was it for her to do that whiny distortion voice should be fired. Yeah. He probably was because it was the same management that was like. So she just came back from a huge hiatus because her manager was like sexually assaulting her and like yeah. like doing horrible horrible things to her, and she got away from like he had like he had a legal binding agreement on her, but she couldn't like sue him. It was it was a really messy yes. thing. But she finally got away from it, and then she started going on tour again. Yeah, she has a, an amazing voice. Mm-hmm. So what you hear on the radio is not and what she, I experienced. She's, she's she's a rock chick. She can play guitar. Mm-hmm. She comes out and plays guitar. She did a complete cover of Dolly Parton. Um, is it Josephine? I didn't want to take your man or okay. something like that. Yeah. Um, she did a cover of that. It was, it was, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. She's super talented. Like I, I left there like, oh, I have more appreciation for Ke- Kesha now. Yeah. And the Malcolm Moore, you know, it, it started pouring down rain and. He's like, they tried, and the next day, Hershey flooded. Yeah. Because all the rain they got the night before. And he was like, we're from Seattle. In Seattle, we don't run away from the rain. We embrace it. And he goes, as long as you guys are here, we're here. We're going to have a good time. And they played the whole show in the rain. It was so much fun. But yeah, so now I'm going to go see the Backstreet Boys with her on Sunday. So we'll see how that goes. I'll secretly be singing some of them. Nice. I, I know Everybody. some of them too. Another, another one, oh, another one that, I, that I missed. That I wanted to go see, um, but actually, I'll, I'll I'll probably get a a chance to see it. I wanted to go see the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh yeah, I wanted to see them. Uh, but 
they're, they're a train right now. Yeah. yeah. I, I miss I that. I like train but a lot. But the, the Goo Goo Dolls will be coming back around in, in the fall. They were, <coughs> they were almost the Possible Band. Not better than Ezra. That's the rumors. Yeah. I don't know how true it is. That would have been cool. That would have been cool. That yeah. definitely would have been cool. Yeah. Um, another cool one I would, I, I want to see. Um, I almost spent the money to go to Vegas to see them. There's a band that I, I must, must see before they, they're done. Is Aerosmith. Yes. Oh, yeah. I love Aerosmith. That was my oh, first my concert. That's my first CD I ever bought. My 1988. It was at Pocono Downs. My mom takes me. I'm 12 years old. Guns N' Roses opens up for them on the Appetite for Destruction tour. All right, Guns N' Roses or Motley Crue? Who are you? Guns N' Roses. They kicked their ass any day. How about you? Why? Well, I, I I saw I saw Motley. I never saw I never saw Guns N' Roses. I would love that. Now it would be the Guns N' Roses from the eighties. Now, okay. now my first Motley show it was at Pocono Downs with White Snake opening. Motley Crue just makes me want to do things. I want to run through walls when I hear Motley. Oh, now, yeah. now I'll tell you. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you I'll tell you what. I love Motley Crue. <laughs> I love Motley Crue, but. I had no desire to see them on their last tour. Oh, did, have you heard him sing? Horrible. It's not good. It's not, it's not that. It's just the, the set list. And Nikki Six just became like a whiny little bitch about yeah. everything. And it just turned me off. My the movie was good, though. It was. I liked they, it. It was all right. They even said it. there was a lot of embellishments, but they yeah. said they had a good time. Like, I I, I love Mick Mars. I, that guy's... He's badass. He's an inspiration. Yeah. Man. Definitely. Yeah. Someone who goes through joint pain and body pain every day, and that guy just like, just fucking living it every day the best he and can. Ripping it up. Yeah, he's an animal. Yeah, he, he had both hips replaced. Mm hmm. He's crazy. And his disorder is what, like, his body's like, literally feels like it's filling up with concrete. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Every every joint, every little crevice there, it's. Ugh. Yeah. It's got to be. It's, I mean, I, I have a small scale of what he has, and I can't even imagine it. Um,. But yeah, I'd love to see, I'd love to see, and then another band I want to see, they're supposed to be done, and then they're talking about doing one more tour with the original, not original singer, but the singer, um, ACDC, supposedly, yeah. going back out with Brian Johnson. Yeah. I have to see them. Um, I heard they're, they're going to be doing another record, and they're going to dedicate it to Malcolm, like they did with uh, Back, Back in, in Black, Black with Bon Scott. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I hear, and um, I know uh, Phil Rudd is... Is back drumming and um, Axel didn't did, did he didn't do he that actually as did well. really he well did, he good. did really well it was good he did do really well. I mean it wasn't and the same but it was good yeah. and he brought he, he brought back a lot of, of the, the old of Bond, the Bond Scott the Bond Scott stuff. Yes. see mm -hmm. I'm a Bond Scott fan. me too yeah. I love Bond Scott I like Back in Black they're a cool yes. time because they have the singer like actually Bolt, actually so. in in September we're gonna we're gonna be doing this uh, bi biker thing with um, with the Halfway to Hell oh, okay. Nice. We're, yeah, we're we're doing we're doing a whole set and they're doing a whole set. Awesome. So in the area, uh, um, that's gonna be in Milton. Milton. Okay. Yeah, that's for the Abate Abate Motors. Is that the Abate? Yes, at the Susquehanna Motorcycle that, Club. That I believe has something to do with the children too. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what Abate stands for, but it's yeah. educational something. Okay. Um. About September twenty eighth, and yeah. it's thirty dollars. But it's a pig roast, but you have to bring your own beer. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I'm cool with that but too because they don't want to promote. Actually. They don't want to promote the alcohol thing, mm -hmm. other which bands is cool. There. Yeah. So. Is there any bands that you haven't seen or that you have seen? Obviously, besides you don't get to say Kiss, but like one of your favorite shows you've seen that you were surprised. That I was surprised. Yeah, like they, you're like I went to go see them, but I didn't think they were going to be as good as they were. Um. If anyone else has any, one one show, it, it actually like. Like in the 
late 90s early 2000s i kind of went through like a reinvention kind of thing mm -hmm. like it was either that or like sell my stuff you know because i was gonna quit playing you know because i was just like sick of playing daily stuff for a while you yeah. know and um i went to see nonpoint seven dust and fuel up at the wachovia center up in wilkesbury and nonpoint and Seven Dust just like completely blew me away. Didn't Bishop tattoo the singer of Seven Dust? Yeah, yeah. What about you? Which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. And if you ever meet Seven, they're the greatest bunch of guys too. Mm -hmm. And um, they they just like completely like I, I like. I think I'm gonna go a little bit heavier now. You know. Yeah, it brought you <laughs> to a new style of yeah. music. Yeah. yeah. How about you guys? Definitely. Okay. I have so I've worked with a lot of bands and played with a lot of bands, you know, on stage. So it, it's hard for me to pinpoint one to pick one. Um, I really can't say I have a favorite band, you know. Or who anything besides like that, besides but, the obvious the Collins connection? Um, who inspired you to play drums? Was there like a drummer? Basically, it was. I was young at mm -hmm. the time. I think I was around like eight or nine. Um, we lived in Hazleton. And I used to go to practice with my dad. My dad played in bands. And I loved going to practice with my dad. Anything that had to do with the music. Um, my brother had his set upstairs in his room. When he wasn't home, I would just kind of go up and mess around a little bit. Because, you know, it's a competition. You know, I got a brother. Yeah. It was all boys around me. So um, that pretty much where I, where I started was... You know, doing that and just going around with my dad, rodeoing with my dad, um, then picking it up in school, you know, taking mm -hmm. some lessons in school, playing in school bands, and then, you know, getting asked to, to join a band. And um, I went from there, and then I just did as much, you know, And I, I, I remember that band, too. Yeah, Branded Planet was my first band um, with Jim Heller, who we're playing with. Um, he's in Rude Groove now, and Dave Rollins from Carlisle. Um, I was probably 15 or 16 playing out in the bars um, that, that's how that's how long i've known carrie I've, yeah I've known we've, it's been a long time i even know, i've known him longer i went to high school with class him. together <laughs> yeah. but yeah so like my whole thing was it was more or less being around the bands like <laughs> yeah. and squeak squeak and my dad like squeak's a big influence for me um drummer for sapphire i roadied for him for years i babysat his kids his kids babysat my kids and it's like a whole it's like a big family like an yep. extended family and you know, if you need something, you you know who you can go to for. They're a fun band things. too, Sapphire. Oh yeah. And I, and I, 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 um, I remember like going to the JFK pool like years and and I I saw Keith play with uh with Pyramid. Pyramid. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and because I, I knew Keith before I knew her, mm -hmm. and um, I just you know. The first local band that I seen that I could remember, I couldn't tell you who was in it. I just remember the name of the band. Um, rhymes with orange. Yep. Huh. Uh, we went to high school with them. Really? <laughs> yeah. I got to fill in with them a couple times. Let I me tell you, I what a blur. Seen, I seen them play at the Citizens Block in Monty Party City. in Monty City. And and it was mobbed. We, we actually, we actually just did a benefit with uh, Russ Weichel, the singer. Really? Yeah. It was that was at the Fractal Elks. Yeah. All I remember is the singer at the time. He was a very big guy. He had yeah. long hair. He yep. was he was on the not big big, but he was a bigger. He was pretty tall too, if I'm he's, not mistaken. He still is, and he still has the same long hair. And uh, <laughs> they called him the Big Show. Yep. Yeah, they called because he looked like like before the, right when the Big Show transitioned. There's our wrestling reference when he transitioned from WCW to WF. Right. He had the long hair, and he went from he went from the Giant to the Big Show. Well, hold on. 
Yeah. It was the giant Paul, Paul White, White. Then the big then show. Then the big show. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then he was on stage going, they're like, here's our singer. This is Paul White. Everyone, you know him as the big show. And as a kid, I was like, wrestling! <laughs> and they did like Kid Rock. They did like all the cool stuff that was popular at the time. Mm. I just remember like, they were, really, they were a fun time. Mm. And, that's, wanna... and that's actually the kind of the stuff that's coming back yeah. to around. Yeah. And I don't want to get off track with it or anything, but to bring up, like, you're doing the Skook Stop thing and, you know, the yearly events like uh, Swine Sock and that. But back in that era when you were talking about Rhymes of Orange, I just pulled out an archive from the other day, and um, we used to do Rock the Block. And that was, like, the same thing in Shemokin. Like, tons of bands um, where I played with Octagon Speedchuck. I played with with the original Uppercut. Um, And it's funny how things go around in circles because... When I played with Octagon Speechuck, our current singer now, John Marinick, was actually the singer in that band that I played in at that time. So it's like every, it's everything goes I, in I never, I never played Rock the Block. I never did. And, it was um, fun. Hailstorm, let's hope, let's hope I think, was actually Ooh, on Hailstorm, that. Hailstorm, yeah. yeah. they were on and, yeah. and they were kids. And, um, she was like 13. And she wasn't yeah. a very, uh, very I, I remember playing personal a, person. She wasn't very nice. So I'm not going to be negative about people. But and her dad looked like Howard Stern. Did he? Yes. Yeah. And wouldn't he play bass? The dad? Uh, her, I'm not her, sure. The, 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 dad, the dad was really nice. Like, like But he, he looked like Howard Stern. Yeah. yeah. But her he, and the brother were just little... Entitled. Like, if you want to say little brat kids. Yeah. Like, that's how I, I took it at that I, time. I, I remember playing a Toys for Tots gig down at uh, the Alexander's in Lebanon, and they were, they were on the bill, and Dead Leaves were on the bill. Yeah, and that was... Uh, Everybody would have... That was one of the bands that we were possibly going to reach out to for Scoopstock, Dead Leaves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they 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 do sporadic stuff. The uh, I honestly like if if Skookstock happens again, awesome. I'm 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 down with it. We'll do it again. But we're down. Another thing too, man. I hope this inspires people. Like I hope this is like, oh, they did the Skookstock thing. We'd love to bring back Rocket Block. I hope this starts a trend saying, hey, if these bands are willing to do this, like. Maybe even for next year, Skookstock, I would even like to like take take a page out of your book. We're like, hey, let's pick a charity, yeah, and all the ticket sales go to the charity. You know I, what I mean? I think, like, I think we should do a a benefit for uh, anxiety and depression. Yeah, like uh, I'm a very, I'm very I'm very passionate with that and and, and and suicide. We and yeah. you know what I mean suicide's a, a crazy thing. Like I lost. I'll I'll, 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 tell, I'll tell you what that was the most scared I've ever been in my life around that time. Yeah. Yeah, that's something I struggled with for a long, long time was the suicidal stuff. Like, it's still something that every now and then I, I start to myself spiral. I'm like, oh, I got to pull out of this because mm-hmm. it's not going to end good. But, like, it, it'll, it'll get you. Yeah. One of the biggest awakening things for me when I was like, man, like, this is not something I, I, I need to make a change is when, uh, when Chester when Chester killed himself. Yeah. I was, because I was like, so growing up, my dad was a DJ. So I, this is the big thing going back with you. Like, with, I feel like whatever the kids' environment is and what they grow up, they're gonna they're gonna gravitate to. Like, I think as parents, you have a very big influence. So that's why I, I, if I tell people like, oh, if I had a kid, I don't play instruments, but I would probably have like a piano or a guitar sitting in the corner somewhere. And if the kid wanted to pick it up, I wouldn't be like, don't touch that; it's worth money, because that's you're 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 just you're crushing a dream. You're crushing a possible talent before it starts. Um, like I can I was telling like Billy and even with like Eddie when I interviewed your dad, I I can imagine like if I lived in a household. There's instruments everywhere. Like, oh, I could just pick one up and start toying yeah, around. Probably every room. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I was like, that, that, I mean, that's a, that's got to be a huge reason why the whole family is so musically talented. Like, and your dad didn't really say he pushed it on you guys. No, he never but it, did. But the ex- accessibility to do it was there. Your like, dad always invites me down to see the archives all the time. I love, I told him, I love his Facebook where he puts all the cool stuff out there. I think it was more of like a support thing. Like, it wasn't like you need to play something or you need to do something. Like, mm-hmm. I was big into sports. Yeah. And I, 
I mean, my parents weren't really into sports, mm-hmm. so I don't. They may have been at a couple things, but they weren't there. But I did it because I wanted to do it. Yeah. So, but as far as the music thing, like they were always supportive of whatever we chose to do. Like I went out for football. My mom was all cool with it, but my brother couldn't go out for football. I, it was just like a weird <laughs> situation back then. But it was more of the support thing. Like no matter what we chose to do, it was always the support was there. And that's how I am for Billy. Like I don't care what you choose to do in your life. Like what you choose to do, obviously you're going to. If it's something bad, consequences are yours. But if yeah. it's something that you want to do, I'm not going to tell you, no, you can't do right. it. If you think you can do it. That's a huge correlation um, to very successful people as well. Like one of the biggest things I asked them is how, how much support did you have going to do what you did? And if you if you had a parent who was like, don't pick up an instrument that you they don't make any money, that, that's not – you, you don't you, like that you're not going to have the most same successes if you're a parent well say, it's, it's, it's actually harder now to make yeah. money at it yeah but i mean on the same token it's, it's hard to make money now but it's it's i think it's not easier but it could be easier to get noticed because of social media where you can make a video of you doing a cover up put it to the internet and it can it can you yeah. have the chance That's of going viral, viral like, every time yeah. So yeah. it's like there's there's no, there's no record companies no more. Yeah. To push anything, I think. But, the, but a lot I of think people, the last band that got the big, you know, deal record company push, I thought was Breaking Ben. Yeah. Basically. Actually, I, I I talked to somebody. We sold uh, our back. We had like a big furniture thing in our back porch here, mm-hmm. and we sold it to a guy and his wife, and they came up and like, oh, we're big, you know, Breaking Ben fans. I'm like. Oh, I heard he's kind of a dick, like Ben. And they're like, oh, they, that was his reputation back in the day. He wasn't the best person. But they said they went to the meet and greet, and he was like, he's a completely different. Like, I guess he's he's changed just a little bit. Like, Well, he has some kind of ailment going on right now yeah. where we watched some kind of interview where mm-hmm. that was almost the end of the I've band. never met yeah. Ben, but I, but I know Aaron, the bass player. Mm-hmm. I, I uh, met the original I, bass player, Bug. Oh, Bug, yeah, yeah. I know Bug. Because <laughs> Bug used to play with Randy Yeah, in the head plug. Yeah. That's, that was the first band I was able, 20, old enough to go see perform. Mm-hmm. And I remember I seen Randy, I was like, man, this guy's fucking crazy. And then years later I went and seen Cyanide and I, and I seen Jaybird on stage and I was like, that guy's he, like, he's really good on stage. He reminds me of like I was tell, uh, my cousin's Brian Roach. He used to tattoo at a custom. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Roach. I said, that guy reminds me a lot of your buddy in the other band, that Randy guy. And he goes, oh, yeah, they're best friends. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, like you see where like, like that group started to start pulling from each other a little bit. And mm-hmm. I miss so many cool bands that I hear about now, like Kissing Booth. Sounded mm-hmm. like it was a good time. Yeah, um, they were a good band. We Monster, played with them. Yeah. Monster yeah. Party. With, with yeah, Monster Party, yeah. Like, I, 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 I remember the, when, when uh, I, wasn't in, I wasn't in Adrenaline yet, but uh, they, uh, they did a thing at Goodfellas with Monster Party. That outside thing. Oh Jesus! That's the night I fell off the stage. And um, off Goodfellas stage. Outside. Oh, as I say, yeah, it was like we a, had no lights. Yeah, there was no and lights. And Charlie Primish from the Roundhouse, <laughs> the guy that's running the hayride, and a friend of ours decide to light fireworks off behind the stage, right at the perfect time. We were playing Doctor Feelgood, <laughs> right when it kicks in, and these fireworks go up, and the cops were there like that. And I fell off the stage. Ooh. It scared the shit out of me. I couldn't imagine. I could, right down I went. The, if you fell off Goodfellas stage now, you'd probably break your leg. I think it's, doesn't, that's, a, that's, that's underestimating how high that is. Um, but yeah, there's it's just so many cool things. Uh, what was the band, too, that... I mean, I, I never, I mean, I never seen Pop-Tart Monkeys, but everyone said they were a good time. And then the, there was oh, a I've band... Done, I've done many a show with Pop-Tart Monkeys. And then there was a band... Like, that, like I said, I've, I've known Rob and 
Dave. I've known them for years. Who's the band that does a song Liquor Store? Going down to the liquor store. Oh, hey, oh. So, uh, my brother was in that band. What was there? Uh, what was there? Ch- yeah, like I seen them the reunion, and they were they were a good time. Uh, it wasn't with my brother though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they played at the Humane Fire Company. Yep, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of good bands over the years, like mm-hmm. just from the area and musicians in general. Um, and and a lot of times, like when I get to a point where, and there's points that I get to too, like you guys get depressed or anxiety, I get anxiety. But when I get to a, a kind of like a low with the music type of thing, like if I feel we're at a, a dead end or like, you know, I can't go no for like what what can we do more to like get out there and like I kind of get into a slump myself, and um, I get I get like so that all the time. A lot of times, like the guys that um, I put on to listen to, if you want to say, um, that really inspire me from the area. Um, the Badleys were a big one. I knew you were going to say that. Because that is, <laughs> that is one band that, since I was young, I was probably twelve or thirteen, maybe um, when my dad. Maybe even younger, they were called the Badly Whites at the time. My dad was in radio, and, you know, it was a 45, I think, you brought home. I don't even remember. But, you know, these guys got a record got a record label, got on the record label, whatever, A&M, I think it was at the time. Um, but their music, it wasn't like, you know, our 90s grunge or, or, like, they had their own style. But from Diamonds in the Coal to, you know, Angelina's Coming Home, like, if you listen to some of their older stuff, uh, and it's funny because when my older brother was, um, you know, I was hanging around with him a lot. Uh, there was a song that you, they used to play. Um, it was called Me, Myself, and I. And if you just listen to the songs, like if you listen to the lyrics and you mm-hmm. put yourself in those places or you want to pick me up, there's certain songs that I listen to and be like, man, these guys, and and they're still playing. Like, they have Gentleman's East. It's Ron, the drummer, um, Brett Alexander. They... Paul has a studio. Brett has a studio. Like I've followed them since I was a kid, you know. And, you ran into Brett at a record store. Yeah, day, I went to uh, Gallery of Sound with Billy for record store day, and you know, I see these guys playing up there. I'm like, there's three of them, two young kids. Like, I'm like, man, that guy looks really familiar. And I went up. I'm like, oh my god, that's Brett Alexander. Like he was playing with these. So Someone I got said my the Gallery of Sound in Pottsville is turning into a venue. Is that true? Gallery of Sound is up in Hazel. There was one in Hazel. There was Hazel. one in Hazel. There's one in Wilkes Fair. The one in Hazelton, they said, the one that's by the old toy store, they said someone's turning that into like a venue for bands to play. Oh, that'll be great. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I don't know how true it is though. I have to look into that. That'd but, yeah. be but, great. But yeah, I mean that that's one there's, band. There's, there's not really places up in Hazelton to play either. Mm-hmm. That's one of the local bands that that push their way to you know really impact me in this area because I've opened for nationals i've worked alongside you know vixen was at goodfellas i another person that you know helped me a lot with the music with um playing wise and uh when fulton's music store opened i was you know kind of alongside darren and um he was a big a big part in my life i Mm -hmm. guess you could say um you know with him and bundy they're both gone um he was a sound guy right Bundy did sound. Bundy did lights. lights. At, uh, that the guy with the balls, he had glasses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah there's, a, there's a picture there's a in Colton's yeah, store. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but when we the, first those, opened those up, are, that's, those are two people I really miss. I I never met Steve's dad, but 
just being best friends with Steve and hearing his stories and like just he was awesome. I, 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 I used to go see Steve's dad at, at the plaza. Yeah, <laughs> he just sounded like a class act dude. I played in the band with him um, with Onion Head with Jimmy Duranis and Billy Linda Muth, um, and Bobby Rolavage was on keys at the time. But it's just the people that I got to play with, or you know, like I said, extended family, like and. And I'm still like you're just in a group. Like everybody is together, mm-hmm. but those people like inspire you to do the things that you do or to keep going. So for me, and I always every time he says, "Oh, I got to run up to Fulton's," or yeah, I have a really hard time going in the store. Um, ever since you know he passed away, they have but, this obituary like hanging in the door. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I've been trying to go up there because Johnny K is up there, and I've oh. I oh, played I played in the band. Crazy be you. And playing in a band with him, playing in a band with Johnny K was like he had a crazy. Really bad yeah, we, we 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 had a close call at him. We love you, Johnny. Yeah. yeah, we do. There's a lot of people out there, and people that just follow us or help us through the years. Like with our band, um, we have Dan Van Linsky. Um, oh yeah, he, he's awesome. He's, he's a, actually he's a good friend of the show. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's in the hospital he's right, in now. right now, so we want you know give our love and shout outs to him because he's always supported us. Danny boy. Um, you know, there's just certain people that kind of mm-hmm. connect and and follow you along the way through the years. He he worked at Kmart. I think we worked. We played in Copper yeah, Seven. Yeah, I, I remember and seeing. He just started coming I, I out seeing, yeah, and I remember seeing Dan Dan in Kmart. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, and now you look back and it's like, oh my god, that was how many years ago? Like, yeah. I can't believe all that. You know, this is actually a funny through. story. Um, when I was in Monkey's Uncle, I uh, we were playing at um memory lane when it was still in the mall and um sean was still working at kmart and uh we were uh we were da- down at memory lane setting up we actually had to go because uh our other guitar player sean sean boylan he was uh he was working at kmart we had to go he had to take his break from work to come down and sound check and then go back to work to finish his shift before he, he mm-hmm. played down that that's I, thought, I, I was just with Dan. Hilarious. Me and Dan went to go see Randy up at uh, Scranton for the Face Call Driver show. Yeah, yeah we walked in. Uncle Dan. <laughs> he's he's a he's another, a great guy. Another, another guy. Like, he's always out there to lend a hand. Like some of the benefits we have, he's always like, you know, can yeah. I give you a hand or whatever. So I mean, there's just so many big supporter of local music. Definitely, oh, there's a lot of yeah. He's he supported just about every band that I've been in. Mm-hmm. You know, even Johnny K was always, he'd always come yep. out, you yeah. know, crazy bitch, you know, yeah. that's that's Johnny yeah, we, we K. Always, you know, we always, he always he always <laughs> did sound for nothing sacred. Yeah. I always see Johnny, I said, Johnny, I tell you what, I was at the bar the other night. It was this really big it was a blonde with big boobs there. I was trying to hit on her. Who was who was that? You and I said, like, oh, I don't know, man. Her really crazy eighties hair. He goes, yep. You son of a bitch you like <laughs> yep. I, I I scared the garbage out of here the one night. So I, he, I always go into Fulton's and he's like, When's the nothing sacred you eat reunion? When am I gonna get the call? The yeah. new sound. Yeah. He uh, <laughs> I guess the one night he 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 peed outside like when it was closing he went to throw the trash out and he was peeing on the side of the building and Steve's brother Matt was like yo Johnny Cage is outside peeing joking around and I was like oh watch this so then I waited like a day or two and we're all sitting around we're drinking at at, uh, at the Greystone I'm like what's Johnny Cage's number and he goes alright so he doesn't know my phone number so I call him I go uh, is, is this uh, jo- uh, Johnny yes yeah, uh, yeah yeah this is me buddy what's going on I said this is Officer Smith of uh, Possible Police Department. And he goes, oh, what's the matter? I was like, well, um, I forget what the business next to Fulton's was at the time, but I, it was some kind of thing. I remembered it like that at the top of my head. I was like, the business uh, called. They said they have security cameras up, and uh, 
we're, we're going to have to cite you for pu- public indecency. Um, you're, you're, you're 61's right there, and you're out there exposing yourself, peeing on the side of a building. Like, uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna have to have you come down to the station and sign some paperwork. We're not gonna hit you with a big fine, but you're gonna get something like that. Like, at least go around the side of the building. Like, you're right there on 61. Kids could have been there. It could have been a bad thing. Like, you know, we're, you're not. We're not gonna give you jail time. But if this happens again, like, you know, they have you a couple times on camera doing stuff. He was. I didn't even know there was a camera there, buddy. You know, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, John. Like, listen, man, this could have been. This could have been a felony. You could have went to jail for a long time. I'm so sick. You can hear on the phone. I'm like, you shut the fuck up, you crazy bitch. This is black hole. He goes, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, we, we go into Fulton's. He goes, you almost gave me a heart attack. <laughs> He's a character. Yeah. Like, yeah. From all the years I played with him and his dad. His dad was the sax man. So I mean, he can give you tons of stories. We had, we had a blast. But you know, even just coming to my house for. Monday night football or something like that. He'd pull up in the Lincoln, mm-hmm. come knocking on the door. He'd have his pint glass. Like yeah. he always had his beer with him in the car. I'm like, are you drinking in the car? No, I'm not. That's not beer. Like he always. Yeah. They're just characters. The yeah. characters that. And every, everybody that watches this is awesome. like, man, these guys are old. <laughs> but these are these are like your memories. They're stories like the stuff that you could share with that, your, yeah, your that's, kids. That, like, that's another great thing about it. it. You have like the time. stories and stuff. Yeah, and the great part about this is now they're documented. They're going to be. That's right. You know what I mean? So regardless of what happens in 15 years, this Johnny K story is not going to be out there for. Oh yeah. You know, like I'm gonna I'm gonna remember the the Johnny K peeing on a building story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, one of the big one of the big things I started this too is uh, the one of the first interviews I did was my grandmother because i only have one grandparent left so i i brought her inside her down and i literally had her tell me her whole story like when she was a kid growing up and doing everything and like how she you know started her family and stuff and that's when i I pitched it to eddie i was like yo you think your dad would do this and he goes would my dad do this you would you don't have enough film to to get my dad to stop talking (laughs) but and that was the thing i was like yeah that'd be something cool for your family like Mm -hmm. your dad has all these amazing stories and experiences like this is something like you know 10 15 years from now it's still here. Like you can literally pull up the file and listen to it. It's like something you're you're cap, yep. you're, you're putting it in a, a time frame. You know what I mean? He's like that's he goes yeah. And he pitched it to your dad and we did it. Like that's what I want to do. Like just not just like people have great stories and then but capture some great stuff that people you know so they don't disappear because yep. there's so many great things in our area. Like that's that's it's it's good to cherish it and, and hold on to it for a long time. It's it's fun. Phase two when I get my mobile studio, I want to start going to some of the. The high rises and just sit with people and, and have you conversations. You'll hear stories yeah. that'll. Yeah. I remember being a kid and my grandfather over in Ringtown telling me about this plane accident in the twenties. Mm-hmm. Had there was movie stars on there, and, and then getting on a four wheeler as a teenager, trying to find out where it crashed. Yeah. You know, and now with like Google and stuff, you, you I know exactly where it is. Yeah. But then like stories of like how they grew up and and the stuff they seen. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. I have this one where um, I, I talked to this guy in Monty City. I won't say his name yet. I'll kind of build it up because maybe you might know him. But um, he's an older gentleman. And I remember the one day we're all play, playing basketball. And he's, he's listening to me and just standing there. And I just I thought, who's this weird old guy? Like white hair, big mustache. And he goes, come here. And I walk over and he goes, um, you remind me of a lot of a woman I used to love when I was a kid. And I was like, that's the weirdest entry to, like right wow. and and he starts describing this woman because of her personality and the way she just the way she talked and the way she she treated people and the way she like had con- her an- interactions and he was describing my grandmother oh, and i was no. like what's her name and he told me i was like that was my grandmother and he goes holy shit you're a black well that makes so much sense so he's talking and he goes i used to be best friends with with 
uh, Gene Kilroy. And I was like, dude, I don't know who Gene Kilroy Like, I don't know who you're talking about. And he's like, you know who Muhammad Ali is? I'm like, of course I know who Muhammad Ali is. I'm a huge fight fan. Like, I love, like, I never watched any of his old fights, but, like, he was, like, the, like, I never, like, I never physically watched the fight, but I knew who Muhammad Ali was. And he goes, you should come to the house one day and we should sit and watch fights. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm, like, a 16-year-old kid. This grown old man has invited me into his house. Every sign said run away from this situation. You know, I was like, Kinda you know like what? Kind of like the sandlot. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, you know what? And the one night, I was like, he's, and then I, I thought more about it. I was like, you know what? That's that's the way society treats things now. Like, you should be afraid of everything. And I said to myself the one night, I'm like, you know what? It's the summertime. I don't have school in the morning. This old, this guy probably has no one to talk to. He probably just, like, he needs someone to just sit mm-hmm. down and, and talk to for a little bit. And I was like, I, I went to his house and knocked on the door. He goes, hey, like, we're just walking by. And he goes, what's going on? I said, tell my friends. I go, you just keep walking. And what do you mean? I said, I'm, I'm going to hang out here. And like, are you, are you fucking stupid? Like, I was like, no, just go. And I sat in this guy's house till four in the morning, and he just had he had every tape of Muhammad. Every, we literally watched every Muhammad Ali fight, wow. right? And then he had documentaries. He had all this stuff. And then he's like, "I'll show you something cool." And he brings down a pair of boxing gloves, and they're signed. Oh, cool! And I was like, "Where the fuck did you get these?" He's like, "I'm telling you, I was friends with Gene Kilroy." I was like, "You're saying this like I know." He goes, "Gene Kilroy is from Monty City." He goes, Muhammad Ali's training camp is in Oryxburg. Mm-hmm. He goes, I used to go up there all the time from with Gene, from, and we used to like hang out. And he and he's, then he pulls out a photo album, and he has photos of him, and Muhammad Ali, him and him and uh, um, Joe Joe Lewis, like all his training partners and stuff. And I'm like, this guy wasn't fucking around. Like he yeah. he was legit about this. And I remember I went to talk to him like maybe four or five. I want to go knock on his door and just see how he's doing because he's still he's still with us. Um, but I went to go talk to him, and I, I think he was starting to lose it a little bit. Yeah. So I messaged Fighters Heaven, just because I'm at the point, too, where I just send a message out. I'm like, hey, were you guys interested? I'd love to showcase your area. I never thought in a million years they would be like, nah, we're good. We don't really do outside press. Or, like, I'm not the local Team 102 or Newswatch 16. No one's going to mess with me. Like, who am I? Um, and the guy messaged me. He goes, hey, man, just come up and talk to me one day, and we'll see what we can do. And I was like, all right. I said, does Monday work? He goes, yeah, come on up Monday. So I go up. And uh, there it is. There, the guy was like, "Hey, I have a, I have a group coming in a little bit. Um, you and your buddy, if you want, just every cabin's open. Just walk around, and have a good time." And I was like, "What?" Wow. And he's like, he walked around, and I, I met him back in the gym, and I was like, I was like starstruck by it. Like I was like, "This is crazy." Like I mean, John was telling me about this, and uh, I didn't say nothing to the guy about John or anything. And he's like, um, and then later on, I was like, "Hey, I just wanted to bring this up. Like there was a guy, and I told him the whole story I told you." And he goes, "Oh, John, Mr. John Clark." He goes, "Yeah." He tries to come up here every weekend. He just can't have any, anyone to bring him up. Like, he's not in good shape. But when he's here, like, it brings everything back to him. And I was like, man. I was like, I'm going to go find him and bring him up. So that's my goal after yeah. Skookstock. But he's like, John has a he, – he left this here. And he, it was like a shoebox. And it was the same shoebox from, like, 13 years ago that he showed me in his living room. And I was going th- – I'm sitting in Muhammad Ali's gym where he won his world championship. Wow. And I was more captivated by seeing John's photos that he talked about this place. Like, it was such a, like, I was getting, like, I was, like, getting emotional. I was like, I gotta, I'm gonna walk it out a little bit real quick. But it was just such a cool, like, and there's, that story is in School County on every single block in every single town. Mm-hmm. Maybe not to the extent of a Muhammad Ali, but there's something in this area for everybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm just, I try to find those stories. Like, if like because they're there. Like, there's so much cool history in this area that people don't know about you know and they take for granted so so uh the band how did how did it how did adrenaline come about can i use your bathroom first absolutely <laughs> upstairs to the right dude it's been a long day yeah <laughs> upstairs to the right sorry and all 
I'll get to this with you. All right, I'll, well, until he comes back. So you're talking about bands that inspire you, and you know when I go through my peaks or my 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 lows, one of the bands I turn on a lot is the Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. If I'm a lyric person as well, Foo Fighters for me. They write anthems like mm-hmm. they're positive songs. If you actually listen to them, like you know, like uh, keep you in the dark, and you know, uh, and then like they all the lyrics are just like you can come out of something. You know, like what if I say I'm not like the others? What if I say mm-hmm. I'm not just another one of your phase? You're the pretender. What if I say I'll never surrender? Like just don't give up. Like every song of Foo Fighters, just don't give up. Keep pushing, and you will make it through. And you could be the baddest motherfucker on the planet. You know what I mean? Like that's I. I'm a huge Foo Fighters guy. Um, what what drove you to Kiss? My dad. Your dad? Um, he used to like um, he had like a like a second shift job and like um, like before work like he would like go in the front room and like you know and listen to music and a lot of times it was it was Kiss and you know he introduced me to Kiss you know like I mean it didn't it didn't you know you look at the album cover itself and it's just like wow you know yeah, everything about kiss says i should and then and, and then and then i i this is around 1978 i remember i'm on three years old and i i see them on um it was called the young music special it was on hbo and um it was like a full concert and there's and i i just went freaking nuts and i'm like that's what i want to do mm-hmm. yeah there there's so we went to vegas and we stayed at the Rio last year, and inside the Rio they have an indoor mini golf course. Uh, the, the Kiss and mini it's golf, all Kiss. Yep, I, I want I want to get there one of these days. It's a blast. Yeah, memorabilia out the ass. Yeah, I know. Jeans Jeans Tongue Car is yeah. there. Yeah. Um. Real, and then the same people who own that one own a Twilight Zone. Yeah. Mini golf course in another hotel. Yeah, I, th- I think after the after the, um, there's talk of like after I guess the this the their last tour. Mm-hmm. Um. That they're going to do a re- another residency. I, I want to get out there, and I I definitely want to see the mini golf course. And Who, who's your favorite member? Paul. Paul. <laughs> yeah. Which I've I've uh, I went to one of, I, I went to his book signing a couple months ago, and he was he's really cool. Would you, what's your most prized Kiss memorabilia? Because they have memorabilia for everything. They're yeah, they're, pri- um, they're they're probably most merchandise band of all well, time. Well, the my most prized possession I don't have anymore. Um, I had, um, it was, um, I had a 19, it was around 95, um, well, the guitar that Paul uses, uh, like the Ibanez PS10, they, they reissued it, and I, I bought one, and I never played it, I, um, and I, right when I bought it, I was going out to a KISS convention out in Pittsburgh, and they, they were, when they, when they played the acoustic, when they had the acoustic record, Mm -hmm. they were, like, they went around and did conventions and um they played acoustic and they would like sign anything you want like afterwards and um i got them to, to sign the guitar and i had it for like for you know since like from like 95 to like and then like 2009 i'm like thinking yeah they're getting they're getting up there like and um they were starting to do the meet and greets and stuff and um i'm thinking man I, I want to get a picture of them with their with their makeup on, you know. And they were doing their meet and greets and stuff like that. And I'm like, how how the hell am I gonna get the money up for for that? So I'm like thinking, well, I put the guitar up on eBay. Nothing. And so after after the auction, I uh, I went to the people that were actually looking at the auction, 
There's this guy in Australia. And I had it up for like about three grand. And um, I didn't get what I wanted for it. Mm-hmm. I got about like 2500 for it. But it's in Australia right now. <laughs> really? Yeah. So I, I sold it. I sold that guitar and I got the the meet and greet for when they were in Philly. Yeah. So, I mean, I missed the guitar. Yeah. One of the coolest things I I ever seen that Kiss did, because I'm a comic book nerd, is when they put their blood in the red yep. ink and they had a Marvel comic. You know what? The blo- the blood actually got into the wrong the the wrong vat of red ink. Really? It went, it went to another comic book. So it actually wasn't even in that comic. It wasn't in that comic book. Oh, really? Yeah. That's crazy. Talk about fuck up. <laughs> yeah. It's probably like in like a, a Hulk 101 or something. Yeah, I, I, even I, 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 I read somewhere what comic it was, but I can't remember what it what it was. But I have to look in. I didn't know that. <coughs> See, I, I'm, I, I thought I was going to impress you with my KISS knowledge of the comic book and didn't even know it was in the wrong comic. I didn't even know that. Yeah. That's yeah, I, I, I got both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that was that was the first band that got picked up by like an actual ma- major produced comic. Like they were that was a Marvel comic. Yeah, that was uh, the Marvel Super Special one and five, I believe. Mm-hmm. And their gimmick was they were space demons, right? Something like that. I yeah. never read it. Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. I have it. I love gimmicks. Their, 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 their actual first appearance in a comic book was Howard the Duck number three and yes. four. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love gimmicky like the band Ghost. Yeah. Like I I love that sticky stuff. Like yeah. where it's shtick like but they have to you have to be good. Like Steel Panther. Steel Panther is shtick. Like oh, yeah. Go, so... Ghost had Ghost had to grow on me a little bit. Yeah. Because, you know, the whole satanic thing and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But they're not even really satanic. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, they're they just not. do it cuz it's funny. Yeah, they they uh they're satanic and they put out a song Dance Macabre, you know? It's, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I like which that. actually means dance of death, right? Yeah. <laughs> I like the one they did where they did Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles. Yes. Oh, I Except love that. Except they do Here it as Here Comes the It's like Here Comes the Sun as the Antichrist. Uh-huh. Like they took the same song and turned it. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. But yeah, I love gimmicky stuff. Yeah. yeah. Dude looks like a French painter that needs a a good suntan. Yeah. Well, that's a mask. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like, it's a mask <laughs> with face paint on it. That's like war. We go... We oh, war. yeah. I, I just love the stage show. I, lo- I love the song. Like, if you listen to the lyrics, mm-hmm. you gotta listen to the lyrics. Yeah. But just the stage show, the show that they put on. They skewered Michael Jackson. It may not Michael be that Jackson. nice, but... <laughs> they skewered Michael Jackson that, and ripped him apart. That's a lot of time to put into a show like that. Yeah. A lot of time, you know, and I I would go see them any day. Did you ever hear Here Comes the Mummies? They're like a jazz band, or like a like they play horns and instruments. There's like 15 people, and they're all dressed as mummies. No, the rumor is like some of the people in the band are actually in other bands, but they legally can't be in other bands, so they have they dress up in full costume, okay. nice. and they do all these really cool songs. Yeah, wow, yeah, I love the music. So I, I love it. I like how we went on these side tangents for music. I don't know if this is true or not, but I, I actually heard that um, Dave Grohl actually what, what he drummed in Ghost. Yeah, yeah. Because you would never know because they wear costumes. I I, I heard that, and I, I I never knew if it was true or not. That's the po- no no one's denying it. We'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. No one's denied it. So yeah. who knows? It's very possible. Yeah. Well, he also drums for Tenacious D, mm-hmm. which is a awesome, and, uh, awesome he band. Drummed on the first Queens of the Stone Age album. Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine? And, that? and did the tour too. You're like the drummer of Nirvana, and you're like, oh, our singer just overdosed. 
allegedly. Um, <laughs> she did it. I, I don't. I don't think he died of overdose. But, no, she did it. Um, but uh, you're like, man, my career is over. And then he's like, David Girl just being a very, I'm gonna go get it attitude, very positive person. Like, I'm gonna make my own album. Like, dude, you were the drummer in Nirvana. Well, no well, one's gonna actually, listen to actually, you. Actually, he was he was writing the first Foo Fighters record. Every instrument part. Yeah. He recorded every instrument and then found a band. Yeah. That's crazy. But he, he was writing the songs like while Cobain was still alive. Yeah. I forget which which one he actually played for him. I forget which. I one think it was, was Big Me. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Just to keep that intensity for all those years, mm-hmm. and they keep getting better. And Taylor Hawkins is an amazing drummer, oh, yeah, and, he's, yeah. and he's still not even the best you know, drummer of the band. You know, he <laughs> almost wasn't going to be the guy. Really? The guy was from Lancaster. I did not know that. He was from my local. Really? Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. He was working in Philly, and Dave Grohl was looking for him. Wow. Yeah. I, I didn't believe him, and then these other guys are telling me, yeah, 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 and then the guy's wife told me, I'm like, no shit. Yeah. But, yeah, I bet you're kicking yourself in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> and Taylor Hawkins' first job as a Foo Fighters was the cross-dress as a woman for the Everlong video. Wow. That, was his, that was his first duties as a Foo Fighter member. Did you ever see his uh, other project that he does? Taylor Hawkins, yeah. Yes, yeah, really Billy good. showed me it. It's, oh, my God. I, I, I laughed I never, so hard. Never... He sings. He's good. Oh, wow. Well, I know he sings. He does. Uh, he usually does Under Pressure. Yeah, he does he Under does. Pressure, and then he sings... Uh, when the my one of my favorite concerts of all time that I can watch all the time is when Foo Fighters played at Wembley Stadium. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what though, I, I with I Jimmy think, Page and them coming out. Yeah. Oh my God, chills. And and Taylor Hawkins sang um, uh, rock and roll, rock and roll. Oh yeah. my God, chills. Yeah, it was awesome. I'll tell you what that 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 guy from the Struts, man, he should be in Queen right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that out, the Queen movie was pretty. I didn't see the Elton John one. Did you see that one? Yet? Yes, it's boring. Really, I I, didn't I, like I, it. I I turned it off. It was like a musical. Really. I didn't care for it. I, I, I thought it was going to be more like the Queen movie. Yeah. The Queen movie actually told you more stuff than what you knew, which I thought was great. There was some stuff they date. So the original Queen movie was supposed to be Sasha Baron Cohen. Mm-hmm. And I would have loved to see that movie. And he, he said, I wanted to tell the story of Freddie Mercury that people would, it would shock people. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really dive into it as much in this one. That they like, they kind of talked about his parties and stuff, but they didn't really like. Sasha Baron Cohen wanted to put more out there, right? And the band Queen was like, "No, they're like we're not going to put all." So, so here's what the compromise was that what has me terrified because they're making Bohemian Rhapsody Part Two. Oh, really? Yes, it's not going to do as well because Sasha. He was on Howard Stern. And he said they wanted to make one Queen movie, and halfway through, it was going to be the start of Queen, Live Aid. I die, then part two was going to be the band of Queen and how they did it without Freddie. And Howard goes, they didn't do it without Freddie. He goes, that's why I'm not in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, and he and they were like, well, we didn't want to put that side of Freddie out there. And they're like, well, that's who Freddie was. And they're like, that's not what we're doing. So Sasha worked on this movie for like four years, vocal training, the whole nine. And he was going to sing it like he was going to do all of it. And they're like, nope, we're going to go with somebody else. And then the movie sat in the shelf for like six years. Then mm. was picked back up, and that's the movie we got now. It was still a good movie, though. It was, it was very good. Um, very, very talented. Like, really good. I, it was awesome. <clears throat> I, I enjoyed it. But, yeah. And then The Dirt, that was pretty. That was, oh, yeah. Yeah, Dirt was Oh, yeah, 24 seconds in. The Dirt kind of reminded me about that half-assed Def Leppard movie that, they, that, that VH1 put out like a couple years ago. This had a lot of comedy in it. But I'll t- I'll tell I'll tell you what Machine Gun Kelly did a good job as time. He did. Came he up. did. What other what other bands would you like to see a movie about? 
I would like. Well, an they are, they are going to make a Guns N' Roses movie. Okay. I I did hear that. Uh, I'm I am. Well, Slash big, was in the dirt. Right. They teased well, the when he overdosed. Yep. He was on the couch. Uh, actually, Steve. Well, the the real story is Stephen Adler was there also, mm -hmm. but they don't show Stephen Adler mm -hmm. in so, that scene. So was so David also for Megadeth. Right. Yeah. They were all there when that what happened. Was, what was the guy's? Who was the guy in the car with him when he got in the car accident and died? Uh, oh, uh, Razzle. Razzle from, from uh, Hanai Rocks. Okay. That man, that's a that's a that was a deep scene right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was crazy. But yeah, I would I would like an Aerosmith movie. Oh, absolutely, because you know what? Them two hate each other. Oh, Stephen and oh yeah, yeah. And Joe, Perry. And Joe Perry. They hate each other. The, how about the story where they said when they made their one album, they bought a hu they got a huge like. Like farmhouse mansion, and they literally locked themselves in their own rooms, and they were doing heroin. And when they ran out, they were like shooting guns at each other to try to get the other batch of heroin off the other guy. <laughs> like, like wow. the band was shooting at each other. Like they had a shootout in the house. Like, if you want to talk about like how Motley Crue did their thing and they tore rooms up, and like Aerosmith was doing that even before them. Like, yeah. and then Zeppelin was doing it before them. Like, yeah. People don't realize how long Aerosmith was a, a thing. Like they early seventies. Yeah, they were out a long time. They're they're crazy. Kiss actually opened for Aerosmith. Yeah, Kiss would be a cool movie. It's it's happening. Yeah, that'd be a cool it's definitely movie. Definitely happening. Well, they changed what? They changed one of the members is not the original member, right? Two Kiss two, two? and they're two. They're, 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 and all, it wasn't all, a good all, break, all, right? All all day, all together. There there's been ten people in Kiss. Really? Yeah. But the two main guys is the, Gene and Paul. Gene and Paul, the guitarist and bass yeah. player. Yeah. Do you know this band has had more members? <laughs> yeah. Really? Oh, adrenaline. Adrenaline. Yeah. We're, we're almost to 20. Wow. From the what number was I? Probably around 15. <laughs> <laughs> and you're the only original? I'm the only original. Wow. I would like to get the boys back together for one last go at it. Yeah. Just, just one night. Mm -hmm. Are they all in other bands now, or was it... I am the only one playing. Really? So I'm it was more like one. they just gave up music for a while? Uh, no, when we broke up and went our separate ways, the drummer and I, we went one way. The other two guys went to two other bands, and it was pretty bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, the four guys hated each other. Really? And You put so much now, time with each other, it, 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 it could happen. Yeah. It definitely could happen. Oh, definitely. and it was, you know, it was boiling over because... It got so big so fast. Mm -hmm. We weren't ready for it. Yeah, you know, we became we were this little band that couldn't even get a job for two years. Okay, we played uh, up at the little league for the fireworks the one year. Oh wow! And then it morphed when I fired the original drummer, which he wasn't panning out. Fired the singer. He wasn't panning out, but the guitar player stuck around, and he wasn't even like twenty-one yet. And we were getting ready to go, and then my buddy from town here, I'll play drums, and he was a hell of a guitar player. Mm -hmm. So there was the three of us. We had no singer. Well, then a friend of ours from another band we heard was getting let go, and I'm going, "He's our boy." So I wish I could sing. I could retain lyrics. I just can't sing. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> we jumped all over it, and we were like everybody else at the time. You were playing the T one hundred two top forty mm -hmm. at the time. Every band's covering the same. Place. Every band's doing the same thing. And I remember the singer called a meeting, 
and we all went and we sat down and we talked we needed to do something different well at that time it was all pop stuff mm-hmm. well Limp Bizkit just came out Tool just came out uh, Papa Roach it was corn. right corn we hit all that heavy stuff and no one was doing it yet and we come out like a hell of, like house of fire our opening set when we first did our first show together was somebody's third set. Well, then when we started doing our own shows, it was three sets of this. Yeah. You were dead tired by the end. And I remember doing a show at Memory Lane. We drank more booze than we made at the door. You know, I'm wanting this guy a hundred bucks and we drink $500 worth of booze. Ooh. And there's only four of us. It's a long night. (laughs) Yeah. But you're young and you're, you're full of piss and vinegar at that Mm -hmm. time. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, it just didn't work out the way we were together. And one guy wanted to do this. This guy wanted to do that. And it's just nobody could compromise. So we went our own ways. And then um, I went to another band. And that was like the first hardcore band mm-hmm. around here. We were playing like this really heavy, fast metal. And nobody really was doing it. And that took over for about two years and I just had enough I needed a break I needed to recharge and original or cover it was both yeah and I sat my base down and didn't touch it for three years started dating Carrie and uh was your brother Chris was he playing bass at the time yeah and he was having problems with his wrists and she said you want to fill in for a little bit until he gets better and I'm like yeah but it's I'm rusty <laughs> so Chris is a good voice too. Yeah, I didn't know until Courtney put the video of him playing acoustic and and uh, singing. He's a good voice. Yeah, I, I hardly ever hear him talk. We're, we're the quiet ones in yeah. the family. But yeah, when I first heard him yeah, sing, Chris I was is like, really "Oh quiet. my god!" <laughs> yeah, I, so good. Yeah, was that how your mom and dad's or somebody videotaped him doing the reggae stuff the first time? And we're all sitting there going, I think "He was out in California." What's this? Yeah, he was in the, he was in a shed in California. Yeah. Courtney videotaped it. <clears throat> Couldn't believe it. A mm-hmm. hell of a voice on him. So good. Oh, smooth, man. Mm-hmm. Smooth. And I, I used to like when, they, when they'd open first. The Gorilla Pack. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, I've yet to see Gorilla Pack. I want to see it so bad. It was a lot of fun. Steve uh, has been on Not Cool in High School now twice from Gorilla Pack. Nice. Yeah. It's so, it's super He's cool. a hell of a drummer. Yeah, I, really? Yes. Oh, wow. That yeah. whole band, musically, was top notch. I want to see it so bad. I have never seen Gorilla Pack. And then Billy. He Billy just, did the last show yeah. with Gorilla Pack, and we're all standing there going, that, that holy was, that shit. Was great. That was great. Well, Stevie's the bass player. Kyle's the drummer. Kyle. Bird. Kyle, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. It's been a long day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, Carrie and I joined up with Copper 7, and, well, she was in first. And that got to the tail end where there was no, we didn't know if there was going to be a tomorrow. And I talked her into leaving. We contacted the original singer, and uh, I think it just fell by the wayside. Jimmy left, and Chooch left, and but we didn't know if there was a tomorrow or not, mm-hmm. you know. But went, called up the old boy up, come back singing. We got a guitar player, and off we were running again. You guys have a keyboard in your band too, right? Nope, no. Nope. Okay, that first, I thought the one show I seen you guys had a keyboard or some type of keys or something going on. No. uh... The one uh, that when uh, we played Rage and uh, 
Angel uh, was oh, scratching. Oh, yeah, we had, we had a DJ behind us scratching <laughs> while we were playing. Yeah. It was wild. That, that might have been it, That yeah. was a Halloween show. But Carrie and I have been running with this ever since probably, what, 2007, 2008? Quite a long time, I mean. Members have come and go. Mm-hmm. We had some top-notch players. We had guys that just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Right now, I think this is the strongest we've ever been. Um, it's more like a gang now. Where... Like family. It, it's funny because we could bust each other's balls to the point where someone else is going to cry themselves to sleep and we're laughing at each other. Yeah, But there's you know? points where we do... It's like a family, we disagree and, and you yeah. get on each other's nerves mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, can, I do. Yeah. but then like, I you get over it and yeah. it's like what you know it happens it's just yeah, any, it's anytime you spend enough time with somebody you're gonna you're gonna be like man there's something about that person i just want to choke them out and then you talk about it and then it's over and you're just like but that's the big thing is you have to have a conversation about it it's communication yeah like the, the what, what i'm more excited like everyone's like oh man the new crowbot album and crowbot like the thing i'm more excited about is i, I think crowbot's chemistry now is better than it's ever ever been I think every member of that band is just like the perfect fit for one another. I, I like the I like the new the new stuff a lot. Too. Yeah, the dr- Dan the drummer is literally he's not from around here, mm-hmm. but he literally has that man, mind state of the, everyone else in the band. Just like let's all just like have fun. Like they communicate if they have to. Yeah. Like I think they should just say screw it and hire Eddie. Well, the th- <laughs> that's, that's my hopes too. <laughs> you know, the thing is, is, like even like you're saying with like Crowbot right now. And even us and some other bands where you could be the best player in the world Mm -hmm. and have the best people around you. If you don't gel and you don't have camaraderie and you don't have that cohesiveness, Mm -hmm. it don't work. And and it's very noticeable. Yeah. Very noticeable. Yep. And, you know, it's weird how, like, in the past where, let's say a singer forgets his, his cue to come in. We all don't look at each other. We know one more time around. Yep. You know, and that's that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, hmm, here we go. Yep. You know, and it's, we've been blessed. Yeah. The three of us have been blessed with each other that we can do that. And now with Mike and John, they were the missing pieces that we've been looking for. Because we went for what? It was a year. Almost yeah. a year we had no singer. And I was slowly giving up. And we actually had Andy Hare come down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a good front man. Yeah, we uh, we were doing the last audition, and this is weird. We're doing the last audition, and it just the guy was good. He just didn't fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got you know. There was a well, that guy was on a Saturday, and then we had a whole a whole day of the Sunday all booked with. Uh, with uh, like auditions and yeah, and they all canceled out. And I had gotten a call from John the day that Saturday and said he wanted to come down and and we were going to schedule him for next week and stuff like that. So when everybody canceled on Sunday, I'm just like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call John and see if he wants to come down today." You know, I'm like, "Hey, you want to come down?" He's like, "Hey, I'll be right down." And you know, we pretty much blew through most of the set that we were playing at the time. Wow. And it was easy. I mean, and, I mean instead, instead of like, you know, we'd, we'd, we would give, uh, give like about three or four songs, you know, and uh, John came down and did 20. Wow. 
You know, my favorite thing is with musicians, like, I've only ever experienced it twice, but every time I, I, it starts happening, I'm like, oh my god, this is happening. I love when people, like, talented musicians can just sit in a room and they just pick up, like, a bongo or a drum or something, and they just start jamming and they start playing stuff, and people, it becomes like a sing-along and everyone's just having a good time and they're playing. Like, the one that, that happened when I with the Steve, Steve, Dave, um, I forget who was all, but it was all in Steve's apartment, Randy, mm-hmm. and then we're just playing along, playing. Oh, yeah. So much fun, like... Like those, mm. my, like those are magical nights, man. Just like little jams and yeah. like so much fun. Yeah, I think the, I, like little campfire things, you know. Yeah, <laughs> the best one I ever seen and was involved in was the day you were telling everybody that you were pregnant at your parents' house for Christmas, and our guitar player now, and Keith, Carrie's brother, and Eddie. Eddie had a ukulele in the in the kitchen. How often does just musical jam sessions break out at your parents' house? All the time. Well, our, our every party we have, yeah. or any guest. Oh, every party or, we have at our house. It, we always have like jam. If you want to invite me, that'd be amazing. Come on down. <laughs> my my, my favorite one was uh, I, I can't remember if it was Billy's birthday party or uh, Bubby's birthday party that we that we all just like broke out and jammed. Oh yeah. And, and or was usually, it your or was it your mom's? I think it was Bubs and my mom's. Yeah. Like, and we always have, like, people that were in the band. Like, most of we keep our ties good. Yeah. You know, so our, like, Mark Weiss, like, he was an old singer. Like, he still comes to our function. Like, it's, it's a family. Once yeah. you're in, you're in for the most part, you mm-hmm. know, and you try to keep the bad blood out. Yeah. Because you never know when you're going to need that. Even person. if there was bad blood, it usually gets squashed after yeah. a while. And that's because usually the power no of music. It really is. Like p- music is such a powerful, powerful, powerful thing, and it's it's something that I think it it, sh- it, it t- it's taking for granted. And I, I, I know it happens with every genre. Like the extreme metal guys will like, I hate everything that's not this genre. Like yeah. it's just so silly to go. Like I'm kind of that way when it comes to country. I have a hard time with country. Me too. Um, and it's I I just I don't despise it. I just don't like like. And it, I'm kind of the same way with really really heavy 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 metal too. Where if I hit play on this song. And I could, you could put a hundred bands on. By the time it's over, I thought I heard just one continuous song. Mm-hmm. Everything's like, and and country is like, and then they they have that twangy wind they sing, and it's just like, there's nothing original or different. But they're the ones who like criticize their their genres the most. Like, right. you're not country, you're not metal, because you're not fitting into our conformity. Like. That's why I, I can't get into that because it's so similar. Like, I have a hard time with it. That's what made projects like uh, um, Hank 3 and um, the the Abbott Brothers mm-hmm. did, a, did a record. Who's the guy that sings Tennessee Whiskey? Oh, I can't remember. You know what song I'm talking about, right? I've heard it. Is, I think it's a Chris, is it Chris Stapleton? It might be. Well, I, he might, but that song is really good. Like another country, like uh, Zach Brown Band. I like him. Yeah, but it, if you take what you're hearing there with the Zach Brown Band, mm-hmm. listen That's to like, it. It's, it's like rock. It, it's rock. It, it's rock. Yeah, mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of a lot of new country is uh, '80s hard rock. Yeah. yeah, but Zach Brown when he did that thing with Chris Cornell. Yeah. Oh my God. Hundred percent. That was awesome. There's a song out now, and it's it's uh, I, I who's the country guy in it? But it's Bruno Mars. It's Ed Sheeran. Yes. I just seen that the blow. other day. It, it, you know what? I, I I was like hesitating at first, going, uh, but Bruno Mars, he's a phenomenal. Yes, he, he is. I, I tried so hard to freaking dislike him. When he did, <laughs> he's so good. He when he did the Super Bowl, <laughs> Chris, Chris Stapleton, Ed Sheeran, and Bruno Mars. It literally sounds like a Crowbot song. 
It's so heavy. It's heavy rock. It's it's funky. It's and what's so McCall is playing drums on that? Uh, Bruno. Yes. Yeah. He plays drums on that song. Mm-hmm. I. The guy's just a talent. He's a he's the future prince. Yeah. You know. I would agree that hundred percent. He actually broke Michael Jackson's number one hits in a, in a quicker amount of time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of Prince, I'm like a huge Prince fan. Yeah. I love Prince. Mm-hmm. Amazing guitarist. Do you ever hear yeah. um, when uh, what's his name? Uh, Maroon Five. Adam Adam Levine yes when he covered on Howard Stern Purple Rain yes that so good I I, I think I might that was for that. his birthday party yeah Howard Stern that birthday. was really good super talented yeah mm-hmm. I, I I remember the one Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when uh, they were inducting George Harrison when they did when My Guitar like, Gently oh, Weeps oh with um, Prince and, with Prince and, and uh, Tom, Tom Petty Pat, yeah Tom Petty and Bruce Springsteen yeah yep yeah Man, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this uh, Tom Petty, another one, man. I don't know how true it is, but they said Tom Petty didn't start playing guitar until he was like 20. I'm not sure. Yeah. He, he was in his mid-20s when he got signed. Yeah. Because uh, <coughs> I didn't realize how old he was when he passed away. Yeah. Because he didn't look it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just a shame that we're, we keep losing these guys, you know. It makes you, it makes you wonder when you get older. Yeah, the He's, one the one reunion that I have yet to see that I want to see. Skid Row. Yeah. That's yeah. the only other like all the other reunions I, I, I I've I've seen them all. Yes. So and that's the last the last reunion that that needs to be done. Yeah. To me. <laughs> um. Yeah that that would that would be a good. I mean, obviously everyone talks Zeppelin and just have what's his name son drum. Yes. And, but I, I would take that it in a heartbeat. Before already, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do it again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we got Greta Von Fleet, right? That's a dude. Yeah. They're actually really good. I like yeah, that. They are. They, you, they, they are. They heard, are. The new one's awesome. Have you ever heard Train cover Zeppelin? Yes. Really good. Do you ever hear the, the guy from Train do uh, the Doors? No. They did. He does. It's on the Doors. Pat Monahan. They're the from doors. Erie, Pennsylvania. Really. That, train is pretty much a PA band. Hmm. Yeah. They did a Doors thing where they had the remaining Doors. And I'm gonna one up you. And they have, have you ever heard guys. the record where uh, uh, the Black Crows with Jimmy Page? Mm-hmm. No, they, they did a whole cover album of Zeppelin. Really? Yeah, it, it, it was like a live. It's a live album, and they were. It, it is so good. Here's so a good. another cool one. Do you ever hear Cheap Trick do Sergeant Pepper? Yes. The whole song that was a good album too. I made my dad walk away from a free Cheap Trick concert. And I, I grew up older. Like, so my dad tried to get me in his his music so bad. And I was like, ugh. And my mom was trying to put me into her music. I was like, ugh. And I, I wasn't a huge music kid growing up. Like, I just didn't, I didn't care. Um, and then I got older. And then my dad's like, all right. Like, I started getting the music. And he's like, who's your favorite? I was like, so he gave me, I always forget the name of it. What was when you get the magazine and they were like stamps and you put the, the lick it and you put it. Oh, Columbia House. Columbia House. Yeah, yeah. So my dad's like, I'll let you pick out. I get. I think it was like you get ten or twenty I or something. I think I still owe them money <laughs> <laughs> for a penny. Yeah, and uh, so my dad's like, you could pick out five CDs, and I get five CDs. And I was like, all right. And I'm looking through, and I pick Aerosmith big ones, ACDC back in black, I think ACDC live, um, and then I picked uh, Orgy Blue Monday. Nice. <laughs> and, I, and I think they were my 
four or five I was able to pick, and they came in. I listened to them. My dad was like, he didn't really care for the orgy, right? but I just remember that song. How does it? We should pick that up. The rest of the album is great. Yeah, that album is very underrated. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, so I remember I, my dad was like, oh, he picked like three of these. They're awesome. And then I got older, and I was like, man, I want to find. So like high school time is I'm starting to find my band. So the first band I was like, man, this is my shit. Was Blink One Eight Two. Like I loved Blink. So my dad surprised me. He's like, I'm going to take you to a concert in Hershey, and uh, it's going to be a Blink concert. And I'm like, well, who are they playing with? And he goes, uh, Green Day? And I was like, I think I heard of them. I'm not 100% sure. And this is before Green Day got politi political. They were still like a punk band. And I left there. I, after Green Day kept playing, I'm like, I know that song. I know that song. I know that one, too. And by the end of the show, I was like, I left there as big or not a, as big of a Green Day fan as I was Blink-182. And then the first time I heard Linkin Park like changed my life i was like i liked hip-hop and i liked rock and it was the perfect mix of both and i remember i would sit there and i would memorize all of the raps like mike shiota's like like to this day if i put that album on i know like every single rap and i'll, and I'll tell you what that all goes back to um aerosmith and run dmc yeah 100 percent. yeah and i was just like and then then i was like super pumped i got i started picking my own music and stuff and then i would be like I'm going to go back and listen to some of my dad's stuff that he tried to get me into because now I'm getting more of appreciation. And I was like, The Who and the like, yes. Cheap Trick. That, actually, I, stuff. I, I, I saw Run DMC. Really? I saw it. Was, uh, it was at Hershey, actually. Um, it was Run DMC, Kid Rock, and Aerosmith. Oh, wow. Yeah. Great yeah. show. Here's a, here's it, was, a great... it was right before uh, Jam Master Jay got killed. Here's a good Darren story. So when Steve, me and Steve first met, we were, we were drinking one night. We were, I think it was around the time, like around his dad. And he, around that time of the year, he always gets a little, like, he gets low, but we're talking about it. And we're, I was like, dude, I remember my dad took me to my first show at Hershey, and my first album was Aerosmith. And we we're like, oh, like who's, like, who's your favorite bands? I was like, if I had to pick two, it'd be Aerosmith, Blink-182. And he's like, dude, me too. That's like my two favorite bands. So me and Steve were always talking. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's like, here's a cool story. He goes, my dad, we were at Hershey Park. It was me, my dad, my brother, and my mom. And we're all up in the, the Ferris wheel. And it was only me and my dad in the Ferris wheel. My mom and my brother were down. And we're looking across the park, and you can see the stadium. And we're looking, and you can see the giant Aerosmith on the stage. And I guess the opening band was playing, but you knew it was. And they go, and he's like, Dad, Aerosmith's playing over there. And he goes, holy shit, I didn't know that. And he said the carousel was about to come down. They're like, stop it, stop, stop. And I guess he made them stop it. He got off the, the Ferris wheel, and he literally said, here's the keys. You know, you are here's everything you guys need. Um, have fun in the park the whole night. I'm um, and him and Steve ran across the park and went and just immediately bought tickets. And that was his first concert with his dad. That, is that's that was awesome. Aerosmith is his dad's favorite band. Yeah. Yep. When we did the uh, benefit for Darren, actually reached out to um, like the fan club for Aerosmith. They mm -hmm. sent us a letter because at that time he had ALS, and we put on a big, you know, ice benefit in um, Port Carbon for him. We had about eight bands, like my brother's bands and stuff. Um, but yeah, that was. Was that the one at Pineview Acres? No, <clears throat> we did the first one at Citizens and Pally. Okay, we had I know two there, stages I know, going. I know there was there, there was another one at what well, at Pineview. There was Acres. one at Pineview Acres, and then Section Eight did that. So the first yeah. one that we did, um, I don't know if Section Eight did that one with us or not. I think they they may have. I think we did have them with Bobby and. Um, Jimmy and everybody mm -hmm. was there, but yeah, the, that was his the first. song we always listen to. That Steve always <clears throat> says, like this is like, and even to this day, when I listen to it now, and I don't even know, like Darren, but I hear that song and I just know like how much people's respected him, loved him, and I hear it's uh, "Full Soul Core" by Aerosmith. 
um, time that don't let it slip away. Raise mm-hmm. your drinking glass. Here's to yesterday. Like just an amazing Aerosmith song. Yeah. And then when Terry plays on piano, you hear me crying. Do you ever hear him do that? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. Terry is so good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Steve, when he first started the Boys Upstairs, Darren heard Terry playing and went to Steve and said, "You need to get a ba- start a band with that guy. He's really good." Like he got like the he got the stamp of approval. Terry's so so talented. He is. But, but yeah, that Darren and then Jaybird is another one where I knew of Jaybird. I hung out maybe once or twice. Like I got when I was getting this tattoo, Jerry was getting his neck done, and we were just bullshitting about wrestling and and, and music. And uh, like everywhere we go, someone's like, like, "Oh, we're doing a shot," and I'm like, "Oh, I'll give you Blackberry," because that was that was Jaybird's shot. So that everywhere we go, it's like one of those things where not very super close to him, but you always try to keep good people's memory alive yeah. somehow, mm-hmm. you know? And, and even with, with Jaybird, like, it's just weird how people, like, why you interconnect with people. Like, mm-hmm. I went to McCann for massage therapy. When I was in school there, Jaybird was there for massage therapy. He was already, he was in his process of graduating, but that's the first time I ever met him. Never knew he sang in a band. Mm-hmm. Knew he did backflips and stuff like that. Yeah. And then to see him on stage, I'm like, Wait a minute, I know that kid. Yeah. You know? And then his stepbrother is actually one of my best friends. Yeah. He was so. another one. He's <clears> like, <throat> another reason why I like Danger so much too is Danger and, and Jaybird kind of had the same thing where, like, I've never did this before. I'm just going to do it. And I think that's a really cool quality to have in people where it's just like, you know, people get in that comfort zone and they don't want to try something new, you know? And, and they were both the type of people, like, even Danger, like, I know I never tried that. I'm gonna go give it a shot. Like, oh, and I'll go. I out think Danger could, could be like a hell of a guitar player. Yeah, if he wanted to be. Yeah, he, is, <laughs> he, is, he could be a front man. He could. He, he, and he's he's not afraid to give it a shot. Like, and and if he's, and it, I, I I've even offered like to give him pointers and stuff. And he, he's like, the, the 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 people that you know that inspired me just aren't that good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to pick up a guitar, and I I still have my one upstairs, and I I I was like, oh, I'm gonna learn. And then all of my friends are super talented musicians. They're like, oh, dude, all you do is this, 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 this. I'm just like, I quit. I'm done. I'm <laughs> over it. <laughs> no, I, and I, I, honestly, I honestly believe this. Like, I think some, some, you're, I don't know, it's just something you're born with, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I was told I have decent timing. I don't know how, to, I don't, but like, like I said, like, I can remember lyrics mm-hmm. like nobody's business. I retain lyrics. Like crazy, I just can't sing them. <laughs> yeah. I, have a, I have a little, uh, I have a little bit of perfect pitch. Like I, like if you played a chord, I could probably tell you what it, yeah. what it was. You know, yeah. I, I have a really good ear. I was born with a really good ear. So yeah. I just like, I don't, know, I just think music's really powerful. There's a really cool video out of this uh, elderly gentleman in a retirement home, and he literally sits there, his mouth's open, he's drooling, he doesn't know his name, he doesn't know anything about himself. He literally just sits in a, a, a home all day. And he's just a body, like he's a shell of who he was. And they started this new music therapy thing with mm-hmm. this thing. And they walk up to him and they put an iPod in his ear with some of his favorite music way of his mm-hmm. time. And he immediately, his mouth shuts. He gets up and he's, he's snapping, and he's tapping. He don't remember the lyrics, but he's he's going along with the song. And he, oh, and he's like, I remember this song, 19, mm-hmm. 1945, I this and this guy, and this guy. And he and he just like he's not coherent, but he's saying yeah. like he's. Like it literally takes his brain from this to this, mm-hmm. and it's not, and, and it's so like it's such a powerful, powerful thing. Yeah, we and have a friend that actually does that, uh, Keith down in Reading, where he works with retirement community, and 
he'll, he'll take his acoustic guitar and, and play. He's in the activities, like he yeah, does he, the activities, but then he does the music therapy. And he, he did this big radio thing where they talked about doing that. And if you could bring joy by just doing that, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I watched my grandfather, you know, went in his last days, and just music was just making him happy. Yeah. You know? definitely one of the only things that make me happy yeah it's 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 entertainment like i like when people sit there and say oh you know music is inspiring like i grew up in the time with when columbine happened and they're like music is the devil and it, it makes people do terrible things like me personally when i'm in my lowest depression stage sad depressing music is a counteractive to that where right. i can listen to something super super sad and it brings me out of it it's, right. it's like yeah, yeah like Man- manson will even tell you that that's what killed his career what's that columbine yeah I'll even tell you that. Yep. But, like, the thing with music is, like, even at work, if you're having a bad day and you want to get the day over with, you're going to put on some Bullet for My Valentine or Metallica or something just to grind through the day. Yep. But there's also, I call them Friday dance parties where we put the 80s on and we love it. We have a great day. We're, We're whistling, we're singing, and there's days you just want to chill. You'll put some Neil Young on mm-hmm. and it's like... There's something I sing. I sing at my desk all day. And I think people get upset with me, <laughs> and then I make up lyrics to my about my coworkers around me. I do the same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm on a construction site, so I get pretty nasty. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely can't do that. I work at a in a call center, and I, I'm like one of the only guys there. And then one girl, her last name, it, 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 her last name goes with every single lyric somehow. And I just always put her name into the song. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, no matter what it is. Like, I'm like the weird owl of the job. I can just listen to a song and make lyrics up. Like, <laughs> Well, like the power of music. I mean, we look at our son. And it, what, what's, what's the Old Town Road? Yeah. The Billy Ray oh, Cyrus. I love that song. <laughs> he will sit there and sing I'll put his every blanket over word. his head. And he takes my phone, turns it up, and he, under the blanket, he'll sing the whole song. He yeah. used it for his talent show. Him and three of his friends at school yeah. used that for their song. But him and Billy are too, um, they're tight. Like, yeah. when it comes to music, he'll go up there, he'll be singing, Billy will be playing guitar. Like, I can't, like, I'm just so thankful that they are as Me, me and Billy talked are. about it in the show. It, it's, it's, a, it's a really weird thing when, when you have... A, a younger sibling and there's an age gap there you know and and i was even telling bill i was like it's really easy to be the older brother and say ah, i'm not gonna hang out with him while he's older but you could be so influential on your younger brother because like my brother is like my kid like i raised my brother it's a, we had 11 year difference between me and my brother mm-hmm. so it's it's i could have easily just not been a part of his life because i'm 11 years older and i'm doing my own things but i always try to incorporate like hey here's some things i liked and that's still some of the stuff to this day that my brother's into because i influenced him and i even said like there was a point in time with billy i was telling him like i was not a good person i was angry i was i didn't want to be around like you know my depression was at its peak but the main reason why i'm probably still here to this day is because i wouldn't have wanted to leave this world because i wanted to be here for my brother and Billy was like, that was the same thing for him, too. Like, he, he was going through his own things, and it wasn't anything of a tribute to anyone else. Like, he was just going through it himself, and one of his biggest anchors is his little brother. So yeah. Yeah, we, we had a lot in common. Very, we are very thankful for yeah. that. Billy is like Mother Hen. I call him Mother oh, yeah. Hen. Because yeah. he'll yell at me for things. Or me. Like, or, I'm like, Bill, he's fine. No. no. And he'll just go yeah. off the handle on me. Like, you're not doing this, or you're not doing that right. I'm like, Bill. Yeah. Like, I raised you. Come out okay. You're good. <laughs> I went through the same thing. 
where my sister and I are 18 years apart. Ooh, that's, that's and amazing. what was really cool was she used to come see me play when we did like the rock the block and she was like very young probably mm -hmm. the as old as my son is now well as the years go by my sister used to sit up in her room when i lived at home with my mom yet and she would be singing these songs well well we're gonna fast forward a couple more years now we're in a band together and my sister has some pipes on her yeah and it was really cool to watch my sister to be that shy girl not want to sing in front of somebody to bringing the house down yeah and but in addition to your sister your stepdad and my and stepdad was playing bass yeah, mike was playing guitar i was playing guitar and she was playing <laughs> drums and we had we had one of our friends playing keys and it was like it was cool to watch my sister just grow up like right yeah. in front of me like that it's, and it's and, super easy to be a negative influence but it's even more of a positive to be a positive influence on somebody yeah it really is like it's it's like i said it's it's uh you can you can every day you walk out of your house you can inspire somebody you can leave a legacy you know everyone's you may not have the legacy of of a stevie ray vaughn or a prince but in someone's life you can be as big if or if not bigger you know what i mean like the world will always remember prince but your your younger sibling or your cousin or your best friend will remember you for the rest of your life you know right. like and it, it just every day you wake up, like I always say to myself, I can I can walk out of my door and be negative and be positive and be sad and depressed and not smile at somebody. And if I don't do that, someone can say, oh, well, I remember him. He was a scumbag or he was an asshole. Or I can do something super negative to somebody and go off the deep end and scream and fist fight and beat the hell out of them. And I can start a chain reaction to somebody to make like it just it's a it's a butterfly effect it's a ripple or you can wake up every day and be a positive person and, and change people's lives and you could be the person like a, like a darren fulton or, or a jaybird or someone that or, you know that someone's not here anymore that we still speak super highly of and that's having that influence on a younger sibling or a family member or pe just people in general right is, is super super impactful i mean i know <clears throat> a lot of people say i'm a dick because I am. I'm a dick. I don't see it, but... But I know I can it, be a It's dick. only been two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I work... Uh, I think we're going to the Beat Billy's record. <laughs> I work in a field where I have apprentices. Yeah. So I'm a journeyman electrician, and I have apprentices that are coming through that are 18, 19 years old, coming into a trade that don't know whole anything. And electricity is terrifying. It is. And I just had an accident on a job this oh. past week and believe me, I'm ready to I, I can't do factory like I used to, I worked in factory since I'm eighteen and I just seen so many people get hurt. I was like I can't I can't physically do this anymore. It, it's I still say it's one of the world's dangerous jobs. Yeah. Because you can't see it, you can't feel it. It'll just grab you. Mm -hmm. I don't mess with electricity but <laughs> at all. When I went through the apprenticeship we were beat like dogs by these older guys, yeah. you know, to, they were just downright nasty to us. So I always said, I'm not going to be like that. Not when I become a journeyman. Mm -hmm. So now I have a young guy on a job with me and all everybody does is yell at this kid. And I don't, I just talk to him normal yeah. and it's great because he listens to me and now he's learning something. Mm -hmm. Hey, you're, you're, and I'm watching this kid grow because if I don't teach him the right way or be nice to this kid. He can kill you or somebody else or himself. Or who's taking care of us when we get older? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they're, they're going to be the ones that are going to be contributing to my retirement and everything mm -hmm. else. But, like, even even in society itself, we're leaning on the younger generation when we get older 
if we don't teach them right, I mean, mm-hmm. we're in trouble. I out of high school, I went to Botech for plumbing and heating, and uh, right out of high school, I was like, man, I'm gonna make good money. I'm gonna enjoy this. And every single person I walked worked for, they treated me like it wasn't even like I listen. I get hazing. Like I'm a boy. Like I had every girlfriend's dad do that to me. I growing up, I've been hazed. I was always the youngest and the smallest. But like on mm-hmm. like I was on the job like at that point like I right, I'll deal with a couple of weeks but it just got it, every day it was worse because I kind of let it get worse and the, it turned me off the job like I don't, I I haven't done plumbing and heating in probably fifteen years because like I'd be on the job and just get treated like the one guy I literally thought he was gonna kill me the one day he he's trying to teach me how to do something and he handed me the screwdriver to test the transformer on the boiler and then he he did it. And then he turned for a second and he goes, you try it, and it zapped me. Now, that could have killed me. Like, there's a lot of power on that. Oh, and I I almost beat him up that day. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, this is not, like, I'm not here to play games. I'm here to learn and become better. Correct. And you're just here to just, just desecrate me as a person all day long. Like, well, a lot of people are afraid that, that you're going to come and take his job. Yeah, yeah. You know, and... I don't look at it that way. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at who's going to take care of me when I get older. It's same thing, too. Even like in the factories, when we go to a factory, they wouldn't teach me everything. I had to learn it myself. And then the new guy would come, and they're like, yo, how come you're actually training me and the rest of them don't? And I was like, I look at it as a team. Like, if I'm the starting quarterback, and I don't want to get my receivers and my linemen better, every day I come into this job, it's gonna, I'm going to be getting blitzed every single day. I'm going to be laying on my back, and I'm going to have a worse work experience. If I make you good as me... Yep. Our job is going to be so much easier every day. We're going to come in and be like, oh, cool. We're on the same page. We all know what we're doing. We can get a job done that would take maybe three hours. We can get it done at 45. And if we get it done at 45, we could probably fuck off for an hour. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, exactly. But this all falls with the music thing, too. Yeah. It's like Billy will bring something home from his buddy, was it Jeremy, that he goes down to? Jeremy's really good, too. Yeah, so they make this stuff up. Like They're down there recording, doing these songs and stuff, and Billy goes, can you listen to this? And he goes, I want your honest opinion. And if there's something I don't like, I tell him about it. Yeah. Because sugarcoating it ain't going to make him work harder. No. And, and sugarcoating is those guys on American Idol that, are, that think they can sing and they can't because their mom telling them they're the best thing on the planet. Right. And then they and go and get embarrassed in front of people. Billy has progressed so much over the last couple months. And I mean, the more stuff comes home to listen to, the better it gets. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. And then you look at these younger bands coming up. God damn, I wish I had the resources these kids had because we didn't. And these kids are way better than I was at that age. Yeah. You know, and some of them are scary ass good. Yeah. You know? I, one of the ones that I always say is um, uh, no, no rain checks. Do you I have a funny story. Was that the kids with the bacon soup? Yeah. I have a funny story. <laughs> that about, kid is a beast on guitar. He's I have a Max, very, yeah. I have a very funny story about Okay. This goes back um, for that punk rock prom, prom show. Yeah, we get there, and um, they were added like last minute. I didn't. We, we didn't even know they were. Yeah, they were playing. They get it. They they get up there, and Max just like started fiddling around with my stuff. I'm like, Yo, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, you know, you know we were, we were told not to bring anything. I'm like, Sorry. You know, <laughs> and I didn't, I, I didn't let him use my stuff. Yeah. And, um, I thought, I, I'm like, man, I, I, I was a real prick. And, um, I went to see my, um, my buddy TJ play, play an acoustic at, um, uh, the Coney, mm-hmm. the one Sunday. 
and uh, there was Max sitting in the back of me. And uh, I went to him and I said, we played a show together at Goodfellas one time, and I was a real prick to you, and I want to tell you I am sorry. I probably meant the world to him. It, it, it did. He said, I, I'm... I really appreciate you telling yeah. me that. And uh, hey, Max, what's yeah. up, bud? <laughs> I don't. I'm not. Uh, but that night he was super bummed. Yeah. He because when when they showed up, like I said, they're at the last second, and they were like, "Oh my god, we're playing!" And like they were like kind of starstruck because they take it like they're excited. They're young kids, and they were like, and they were like, and Hampton's like, "Dude, one of the bands will let you hook up with stuff. Just whoever set up, just go plug in." I think Hampton kind of gave him the okay. Yeah. And then he's like, he came down. He's like, "Oh my god." Like and then you going up and like, hey man, I've, I, yeah, it probably made yeah. it. Yeah, I yeah. think that was was that the same show where I said, why is this kid setting up a drum set? And I called Hampton. I'm like, uh, I thought we were using the, the kit. That's oh yeah, the house kit. Like, yeah, what? yeah. But There's we we all came from that. Yeah, yeah. where like <clears throat> it's like that. The old like it's the, a learning yeah. curve. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. the, like, like you, it's, it's it's the same thing like with the, the opening bands never got paid back in the day. Yep. And, yeah. You know. That was a good show. I just wouldn't have called it the punk rock prom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think there was like one punk rock song played. The, <laughs> no Rain Checks did their whole set list to be punk rock. And yeah. Bad Maggie did most punk rock. You guys did classical rock. Cody Wiley did country acoustic. Um, Billy played. And he, he did like... Like the song. yeah, the like progressive like alternative music for the most part. Did Hanson play on that one? And yeah. then Light of the Moon, they yeah. did like rock and pop. Yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. like, this is the weirdest billing. <laughs> I don't know, and I'll, and I'll tell but you what. They're the best ones. It was so much fun. So the I'll best tell you what too. Like me and Max, Max is like the like a complete eighties <laughs> head. He is. When you hear the new album, like we, they actually they like so he knows that their bass player, the one on the bacon. And he's like, I hate wearing that fucking thing. But people, re- <laughs> people remember the band by the kid who wears the bacon costume. So he wears it all the I'm time. I'm gonna have now. to bring some mayo and some cheese yeah. and some. <laughs> so he, uh, they, they did the, they do the. He does the wrestling show with me. His, his parents own Farlow's in mm-hmm. town, which is I love that place. Um, I, I loved it when it was in Ashland. Yeah, well, it, that was the far, original Farlow's yeah, family, and yeah. then they bought it and then just kept the name. Yeah, but it, if you have it in Pottsville, it's so good. Um, I'll but, have to try it. Yeah, but they. Uh, they do their show and and they made a song called Clash of Titans and it's like wrestling inspired. Nice. So we use Clash of Titans as the intro song to our podcast for Tornado Tag. Oh, oh is, cool. is that the one? Yeah. Nice. And then look, we look alive gave us one of their songs and we use their intro for Not Cool in High School. So like, and then I think Faith in Exile is giving us a song for Banging Beers. The only show that doesn't have one is this one, but like, people are like, man, I like your stuff. Can I make you a little... Sn- I think Billy's working... Billy and Jeremy are working on something with interviews. Oh, it'll be good. Yeah. So, it'll be good. Yeah, I have all this really cool, really cool stuff like, down Well, you're saying about, like... That, that, like was, that was actually the, the, the prick story that I was talking about before we started this. That, oh. that was the that story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about, like, a diverse show. Like, we did one at Tubby's in Duncannon. And we went down there. And Hampton said, be yourself. Just do what you do best. Mm-hmm. And we were like, okay. So we get down there, and his first band goes on. And I looked at her, and I said, we're in trouble. It was heavy. And I mean heavy. Oh, is that when we played with Gunmetal Gray? Yes. <laughs> the next band goes on. They're even heavier. I'm going, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Rewrite we, the set list. <laughs> we, we, we were ready to. We were ready to right then and there. 
we didn't. We stuck, we to, stuck what, to what we, we were told to do. Mm-hmm. And we, we went up there and like played like uh, we played shut up and dance. We did like eighties, nineties, mm-hmm. yeah, everything. Dance, rock, and next thing you know, everybody's up for it. Yep. We're going, holy shit! They actually like us. And yeah. like these guys are like, oh, tattoos, biker jackets. Oh, I'm going, okay, this is good. And then when we went when we opened for Silver Tongue, they, a lot of people. From, from that show, that show came, came back, came back. Oh, wow. yeah. and and then they kind of remembered us in that area of Mechanicsburg and Harrisburg and stuff because this year was the first year in a long time where we said we're branching out yep. we're tired of playing in the same area yeah you have to it's a big circle it's all you're doing yep. so we decided okay we're going to go down to Mechanicsburg so we go down to Mechanicsburg we play at this band we get booked we go back the people love us we start going to play in Reading. Reading's a hard area to play in. Really? Yes. Very it, hard. It's very hard, and especially when you're not known. I just happened to be blessed to know a bunch of people down mm-hmm. in that area, and, and a couple people came, and they brought their friends, and well, those friends told these people. So the first night we're in there, the place is packed. We hit the second song, and people are dancing, and we started at 7 o'clock at night. And people are already up having And they're dancing already at 7 o'clock at yeah, night. Yeah. Like, they they, uh, they have, like, a like a, a neighbor that always calls the cops on them. So we were like, screw it. We're going to play from 7 to 10. <laughs> yeah. But it yeah, was... But I can't do anything. Yeah. You know? It's nice, though, to go to another area. Have you tried uh, Harrisburg yet? Yeah. That HMAC yep. is... Under new management, that's an awesome venue. We, we have we haven't been down there yet, yeah. but in that area there, yeah, they really appreciate what you do. Yeah. I mean, the tambourine lady, we had her up on stage the entire night. She thought she was a member of the band, and she was asking where the next show was. <laughs> you know, and she was asking for an audition. I I really and, and I know she was having a good time, and she probably had a couple too many cocktails, but. Uh, Little courage there, liquid courage. It's all good though, you know. And then we played down in York. That should be a good name for a band, liquid courage. (laughs) Should be the name of my podcast. There you go. (laughs) We played in York, and there's this gentleman by himself, just dancing away to like whatever we were playing. And I'm going, I'm looking at her, going, "This is great." They don't know us. Some dude was driving by and heard us play and come right in. That's awesome. You know. That's what makes this all worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I always say like I'd rather play in front of like thirty people that are getting into it, you know, really, you know, upfront and you know, appreciating it, than like two, three hundred that are just like your background noise. Yeah, because you your your background music to to their conversation. You thrive yeah. off the energy that comes from. If, if you give the energy to the people, yep. they're going to give it back to you, and then it makes and it, it's, it's just going to make the show a lot better. Yeah, I'll tell you, one of the wildest places we play right now is the Pine Grove Fish and Game. Really, yeah. that place goes absolutely ape shit. I'm 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 telling you, like Hooligan plays there. There's a, there's a bunch of bands from Gary that play there. The energy they throw back at us, it's like holy shit. Mm-hmm. I'll t- I'll tell I'll tell you what, Hot Rod went, went pretty ape shit too. Hot Rod's a good time. Yeah. Hot Rod's a real good time. It's just a bitch to do sound in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the first time I seen you guys, I was watching, and uh, I hear the drums going, and I couldn't see you, because you're all good fellas, you're so tiny, and all the drums mm-hmm. and stuff, around. I'm like, oh, there's someone back there. Well, that, that's how the stage came about, because <clears throat> Fred Rare came into to the Denny's, when we, pl- we played there years ago, and we stopped for a couple of years, 
and he said the same thing. He's like, I could hear you. I can't see you. So he, him and Lee got together and behind our house one day, he's like, I'm going to build you a stage. And I was like, all right. Kind of put you up a little so, higher. Yeah. And, and it's um, based like a, like a beer it's like case. A, yeah. Like a puzzle kind of. And we play, we, we play at Denny's. Um, we play with a, uh, with a band called Scarlet down there. And the drummer, Mert, he's like almost seven foot tall. You know, like big guy, seven foot tall, really huge, and his kid is like as monstrous as he is, and there she is, like you know, like reaching out to grab symbols. I have his that wasn't, one. Beat. He wasn't bad. Go ahead. Yeah, good you could, fellas. You, you we, couldn't, you couldn't even see her. He no. had the rack and everything, but we played good fellas years ago. We opened up for Jimmy Van Zant. I could play stop on, laughing. Their drummer's kit. His well, their drummer had the chains that come down with the cymbals. Can't move anything. Well, I'm okay with that. Like I don't care. I literally was had to like be out of the seat just to reach. Just everything. to hit the cymbal. And I'm turning around laughing my like, ass off. Yeah, he was like seven <laughs> foot tall. The same thing. Like, and then I have to like I get a kick out of you know some bands that we play with. I never have. A problem. I'll use anybody's stuff. I don't. I rarely move anything. I'll bring my own. You know, breakables or whatever. Leave your toms where they're at, unless like you know they're really high. But there's been a couple times over the years, I've, ever since I got um, hooked up with Trip Drums, like those are my custom, I had them custom done. And, um, you know, I, that's my product. Like those guys have been good to me. So when we do shows and we have openers, it's like, yeah, just bring your breakables. You know, we've already come to the point where some of the drummers that would come they, in and be they like, they don't uh, want to play a pink kit. Uh, we had a band walk out already. Why? What's, what's Why? About? They would not. Her <laughs> drums are as pink as that. Oh yeah, on your glass. They're like a fluorescent pink and, yeah. and green. Who cares? Yeah. What's it? I play your stuff. Like yeah. I play everybody else's stuff. What does it matter? What color it is? Yeah. Does it sound good? If it sounds good, it's it wild. I mean, <laughs> but then there's some drummers that do get on there, like the one guy from Skin and Bones. There is a picture of him playing that kit. He's years not very ago, tall, he's, he's but but than he's that. a biker dude, mm -hmm. okay, and he, he's a union boiler maker, and he, this guy's like a, he's a good old American boy, you know. Yeah, what he's I mean, great <laughs> and he's behind that kit with a big shit eating grin on his face, and everybody keeps making fun. He goes, "But it's the best kit I ever played on in a long yeah. time." How about the, you, know? you ever watch when Zach Wild mm -hmm. plays on a Hello Kitty guitar? Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. But we literally had bands walk out. Mm -hmm. That's Silly. I, I like uh, John Five did the same same thing too with the Hello Kitty guitars. He's yeah. there playing he's like the chicken picking and stuff with it. Yeah. So well, we'll we'll get we'll wrap it up here. But before we get out of here, anything you guys want to plug or get out get out there before we wrap up? What we got going on? We got the Operation Bear Hug at the end of the month. Um, September we do have we're at Strikers. Yeah, Strikers on the twenty first and the twenty eighth. We have. Uh, uh, like the a, abate. The abate with what? uh with with uh, halfway to hell. Yep. October fifth is Denny's. Yep. October twelfth is the Southcast Fire Company Haunted Hayride. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah. yeah. We'll probably, I, I my <clears throat> wife is obsessed with horror movies, so we'll oh, me too. So me she too. she will be. Uh, <laughs> this is actually from a, a box we get called Loot Fright, and it's a little cell phone holder. Oh, that's so cool. sometimes I do show notes and I have it sit there. But yeah, we're big horror. We had a, we had, we used to have a Saint Bernard. He passed away. His name oh, was Cujo. Oh. 
The, oh, if, awesome. I, the bathroom is. The, did you see the shower curtain? Yes. It's the scene from Psycho. Nice. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Next thing you're gonna tell me, you're gonna, you name your car Christine. No. No. <laughs> um, she's actually working on a paint. So she likes to do like crafts and painting. Once we eventually eventually get money and uh, I can stop putting money towards a podcast and put it towards the house. She's a great wife. She's so very supportive. Um, we want to remodel everything, but she wants to do like bacon here. But she wants the living room to be like movie themed, and she's making all these. Um, paintings now, so she's making one right now. She's working on it. it's it's Ghostface, and it says, "What's your favorite scary movie?" Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so she's she's super super into horror movies. That's like her favorite thing. Very cool. She, she'll sit here like when I people are like, "Oh, how come you never bring her out?" I'm like, she hates. She don't like the bar scene, mm-hmm. and she much rather just stay at home and watch movies. So yeah. she usually stays at home and she's watching horror movies all night. That's her thing. <laughs> hey, nothing <laughs> and, wrong with that. And if you really really want to go way out there, you know. Uh, October 26th, we're at uh, Pine Grove Fishing Game for Halloween. Costume prizes. And November 2nd, we're at Goodfellas with uh, Bark at the Moon. I got to see them, too. And uh, we are going to have tickets for that, too. So um, I'll hook you up with tickets. Cool. Hey, I'll buy a Skookstock ticket. I'll give you your Bark at the Moon ticket. Awesome. <laughs> August 24th, Skookstock, obviously, you guys. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not going to push other bands because I know it's you know about us. But now you want to share with you know other people. But I... September 7th, yep. Coldale Block Party. Um, nobody has anything going on. I'm going to fill in with Toolshed Jack that night because, you know, you got to help each other out once in a while. Yeah. So. And cool. I think the kid's staying home that night because my birthday is two days before. So Tools- I'm getting annihilated. Toolshed Jack is such a good time. They're, they're, they got the new singer. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. She has, like, a cool, like, Marilyn Monroe look going on. She's a good time. You know what? I I I didn't see uh, light up the moon with with uh, with the girl singer yet. I don't know if that's a thing anymore. Really? Yeah. I could be wrong. I don't know. I'll, I'll, have, to, I'll have to call Rob. But yeah, yeah, you know, plug everybody. Plug yeah. you know, all yeah. your local bands. Help everybody we're, out. We're 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 big Flatline fans too. Yeah, yes. Brent. 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 <laughs> Brent He's always an out. Animal. Yeah. And JT's got us. Wow, big voice. Yeah. 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 He, he, Let's make that show happen, guys. When he was on the show, he was talking about how he uh, he's trying to get he's trying to find the love of his life, and we were, and we, we updated his Tinder profile. Oh no! <laughs> and we recorded a video. I was like, we went on Tinder and made a video, and I said, "This is Anthony from Interviews Every People." Suck his dick. Yeah, <laughs> I think I saw that. Yeah, yeah. and um, some bands out of the area. Um, from dawn till death. From dawn till death. They uh, they they've been really good to us, like down in the Harrisburg, York area, mm-hmm. and uh, throwback two hundred two. Our our buddy Brett. Let's make that show happening. Yeah. <laughs> have you guys heard? Have you listened to that Small Town Titans yet? Yeah, they're a good yeah. time. Yeah, I haven't seen them live yet, but they're they're pretty good. They have good. They have a good sound. Mm-hmm. I dig it. And the drummer, I yeah, guess he went, uh, he went to North Schuylkill. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Johnny's from uh, Gordon. Yeah, big wrestling fan too. Oh yeah. yeah. And he did a video where he was drumming in the one video, and he was wearing I'm a Heyman guy. And, no. And Paul Heyman shared the photo, the video. He shared their music video. No shit. Yeah, their Mr. Grinch got like two million views. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that the other one they did with the guy from the other band where they did uh, Hunger Strike. Yes, really good. That guy can fucking sing. Yeah. Man. Wow. And that's a cool thing too. Guess what? They put a cover out. And people go, oh, my mm-hmm. God, they're doing Bohemian Raps, or they're doing Fat Bottom mm-hmm. Girls. And they're like, I want to hear what their actual originals sound like. So mm-hmm. it's not bad to do cover music yeah. every once in a to, while. To bring that up, like, for inspiration, just because I was thinking about it, when we did the Filter show, <gasps> when we did the after party, we, yes. we did an after party for Filter at Goodfellas. We played the show and did an after party. And during our set, 
they actually came over to check us out, and we had Phil Buckman, who was the bass player, and, and, uh, and the guitar Patrick. player, Patrick, came up and played well, the with singer. us. So we we I mean, did Pantera like, together. Yeah, that and, was that, like and that awesome. was and that they was on their Facebook page. Yes, they, they, awesome. they shared it. Yeah, they took a video we, and they shared it. it was awesome. They, we, Pantera, we did by uh, Right, right and, and uh, Tom Last Petty. With Mary Jane, but Phil. Yeah. You know, and, and what's it's, what Pantera song? Walk. 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 Oh yeah, My that used to be the main staple song of this band. I love Five Minutes Alone. Oh yeah, done it. Yeah, my favorite Pantera song. I, I'd love to do Five Minutes Alone. And but the other one I really really like, and not I don't know if many Pantera fans like Hollow. Oh yeah, where it has that like that mo- mo- oh, and yeah. it's like really like like I've it's, always dude, it's really I've mellow. Always, it's a I've mellow seen, song. I've only seen Pantera once. Any Pantera and song. Yeah, I seen Pantera. They were opening for Skid Row. Yep. At at uh, the Spectrum in Philly. Yeah. I see um, them with when, static when X. Vulgar Display just came out. Mm-hmm. And if you want to hear something that we did, uh, I did a, just did an interview with the Murder My Dude guys. Um, and we actually covered the Dimebag Daryl Murder, yeah. where he passed away. Um, I, a, a I fan, actually met Dime two weeks before he got yeah, killed. A fan passed away. Um, one of the security guards passed. I think like end up like mm-hmm. four people. It's like a rogue crew member. Yeah, yeah four, four it, people. It, it's a security guard that was like right there with him. Like, um, me and uh, Jason Corby went down to uh, um, the TLA. Uh, no, it was the Trocadero. We were down there and we, we saw um, Damage Plan. And uh, after the show, we were, we were there and there was there was Dime just like sitting up at, at the bar, you know. And he was like so cool. Sign anything you wanted. He wanted his picture taken with Corby. Really? And that was like one of the last pictures on his phone that they found. And uh, they put it in the... The Dying Vision DVD. Yeah, that's how that's how he got the that, that's how Corby got the picture was from the Dying Vision DVD. That's crazy, and that's the thing too, man. Like appreciate that because not like people you, people get mad at celebrities or musicians where they're like, oh, they didn't even come out and say hi because you have psychopaths sometimes, man. Right. So if a band if someone is doing that and they're part of a band, limit yourself. Don't like, I mean like because you're gonna have a lot of people fighting for that attention. Just a hi. Like that's, that's I don't. How I always yeah. say to him, he gets like excited. He's like. Oh, I, I yeah. do this, I do that, and I'd be like, I just treat them as a normal. I don't treat yeah. anybody any different than what I would treat. There's myself. a few people like, that if I met, I'd be like, Oh my god, how do I handle this? But mm-hmm. but but the, like the wildest thing, it happened two times in a row when we were in Copper Seven. I went missing for a while. I ended up on the bus with saliva, doing <laughs> shots of Jägermeister. That's played with so many. Cool that's what you're supposed to do, yeah, though. Yeah. And then <laughs> tantric was cool. The ultimate one for me was. It was around my birthday, and we walked in with our stuff, and they're getting ready to sound check with Static X. Oh, wow. And I got to well, meet... Lee Singer died of that band, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. And I remember meeting them, and they were the coolest fucking dudes ever. Right. And his hair was, like, fucking four foot high. I yeah. was like, this guy rocks, you know? <laughs> but And then to meet, like, these up-and-coming bands, or even see, like... I was introduced to, I am not into new music at all. I can't stand it. But last year, she got me tickets for, what was that, uh, Rock of Allegiance. Okay. And there was a band there, and they're starting to get headway now. They're called Bad Flower. Okay. And, like, some of these bands, like, I never heard Beartooth before. Mm -hmm. And Billy's like, you got to hear these guys. Well, they came out, I was like, what the hell is this? Like they were so good, there I enjoyed it. Yeah, you just gotta look for them. That were just like that rock music does not make the charts anymore. You have to no. you have to search for it, right? Yeah. And and but like you know, he's like, 
well, I want to see this band, and I want, and I've never seen these bands before, so I'm, I'm trying to be a little more open where Billy can maybe teach me a little thing or two because he's listened to me all his life practically yeah. of like, hey, listen to this, you know. But so like Bayside, like Bayside yes. is his big, you know, one of his. I'm favorites. starting to listen to them. They now. are really good. Yeah, and I'm just like it was just a breath of fresh air to finally say, okay, now guess what? It's going to be tit for tat for today. I'll listen to your bands if you listen to mine today. Yeah. And this was all That's one concert. So, and I will admit this. I am a Limp Bizkit fan. So, I like I like Wes Borland. I think he's oh, a great dude. guy. I don't but like they, he's, they, a good, he's a good guitarist. Wes Borland's a good guitarist. They kind of sucked when we seen them. Really? really? They played nothing but fucking cover songs for 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I was like a little pissed off. But then, like, he introduced me to, like, all these newer bands, and we got to see Guar, and we got to see the Insane Clown Posse, and, like, I would have skipped on that one. <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying. I, 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 I could care less. We were up front. We were back front. Yeah, I wouldn't have got anywhere near like, the front Papa last night. Roach and Skillet, and yeah. there but just, like, so many Who was it that we seen was Bullet for My Valentine. Yes, yeah. Oh, my God. That was an eye-opener. We were me. right up front, and this place went apeshit. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm too old to be in here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I do not do well with pits. I run. <laughs> I'm uh, like, th- our experience in that pit. Um, the lady in the wheelchair. The lady in the. In and the, I'm trying to protect this lady. Well, you were behind us. I was holding her up because she was standing up. She was younger than me, and her little tiny boyfriend or whatever reminded me of my brother Chris. I mean, that's what he looked like. And Billy's on the one side. And people are crowd surfing and everything, and somebody came and hit her, and she went forward. I grabbed her, and I'm like, this shouldn't, I understand, like, people want to have a good time, but other people want to have a good time, but too. But realistic, just so, to maybe, she was probably like, she knew what she was getting into being sure. in that pit, and she probably wanted to be like, I wanted to be like everyone else, because I get, she in her mind, she's probably like, everyone treats me like I'm a teacup and I want to be in a right. pit and have but a- it was a little brutal in yeah. there <laughs> so I actually got the ultimate warrior somebody in that pit oh, yeah? because they were crowd surfing and I didn't want them to hit her and and other people were trying to like get them to go you know the yeah. opposite sides because they could see that mm-hmm. she was I want to my, it, my must see band and I want to do it so bad I have I have to see the Foo Fighters I have to. That'd be a good show. Yeah, I, I'll, I, dude, I, I'll, I'll leave there with a split headache for screaming at the top of my lungs. <laughs> That's one thing I have to like. I, I was te- teaching myself. I have to stop doing. Like, I go to see a band on a Saturday night, and I'm usually right up front, and I'm usually screaming, and I'm usually singing, and then the next day on my show, I'm like, Hey, everyone, this is Anthony Bangers podcast. Tea <laughs> <laughs> and honey, brother. Tea yeah. and honey. Yeah. <laughs> I think the one band I really want to see again, and it's been a long time, is Romstein. Okay. They're. They, uh, their uh, stadium show that they're doing now is insane. I seen them a long time ago, and it was insane. They're, they have pyro outside in the crowd. Mm-hmm. It is unbelievable. When my dad was in college, he went to Harrisburg, and he said the island was like the hot spot for concerts. He I said saw Kiss there. He said he's seen everyone. He said. Not bashing Kiss, but he said the one of the worst shows he's seen was Kiss. He said this that maybe they just had a bad night that night. He said stage wise, like visually, it was fun to watch. He says what the it sounded like. Whoever did the sound that night, it was yeah. It, it I, re- I actually remember that was uh, uh, was it around nineteen ninety. I believe it. he said it was a, the only thing he remembers is that was when Gene was doing the the like he believed the blood through like oh and it must have been. A long time ago, then it was early. No, it was eighties because I wasn't born yet. My dad was in college, so it was probably like early, like early mid eighties. 
Well, they, and, they, they took the makeup off in 83. Okay. So it had to be 82, maybe? Maybe, yeah. He said it was... He I, don't said even, it, I don't think they they played... I don't even think they got the Pennsylvania on the Creatures of the Night Tour. Yeah, he said he's seen in there, and he said it was it was a fun show visually. He said just the sound was bad. He said Aerosmith was awesome. He said Motley Crue was probably one of the best shows he's seen. He said he, I think he said he had it. I don't know if he think he still has it, but he, I actually, had, I he had a Tommy think, Lee stick. I actually think Kiss was like the last show they had at City Island. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, he said he went to see everybody there. Yeah. So it was a good time. But that'll do it here. Uh, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, check everything out in the links below. We'll probably have a little bit of Billy in there. We'll have the band's stuff in there. Um, we'll have a lot of cool stuff in there. So uh, come out August 31st to the, to the show. Uh, bring a teddy bear or bring some money. Help out. Just one um, more shout-out. I forgot to, I forgot to say hey to the Trent Knoll, Fallen Pride. Yep. To, Another big Kiss fan. Yeah. Yeah, brother, brothers. We went, we went to Philly together. Okay. Yeah. And he said Gene stared at him. He took a picture of it. He got he fangirled a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you guys so much. Thank you guys for coming. No, I really appreciate it. Any, anytime. Anytime. Did you have a good time? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So you guys are clocking in at about two thirty. So. Yeah. Oh, we're little, close to Billy. A little close short, to Billy. but it was fun. But you know what? I'll be coming up for one of these wrestling ones. Awesome. Thursday nights. Ooh. Tornado Tag Podcast. Ooh. And uh, maybe we'll hang out at a PBW show. Okay. All right. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you. We'll see you next time. If I can get my mouse to work.